This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. They just talk all Sam and Dean. Sam tossed his gigantic darks into the machine. They started season four. And this is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary podcast based on the TV show Supernatural. And we are here to talk about some fucking hunks, Chris. I am excited. Ooh, boy, That's right. are we. Just dropping those F-bombs right out the bat in case the moms in here want to know what's up. All you moms out there, this is a dirty-ass podcast. You better duck out now, moms. <laughs> we love you, moms. Come back. Download our podcast. <laughs> Monsteroftheweek.cool slash shirts. <laughs> yeah, please <laughs> You ever think that when we do the intros, we should do, like, Misha voice? You know, because Misha talks like a regular guy, but then Castiel talks like this. You think we should I don't do, know. Like, I'm Chris Mosher. <laughs> I'm so bad at voices. Like, give me your best Castiel, and I'll, I'll give you my best Castiel. But I'm so um, bad at, at voices. It would be something like, Dean, you have to listen to me. That's not very good. That wasn't good. It didn't feel that was, good. That was okay. Out. That was pretty good. Let me <laughs> let me see if I can get one. Um, Sam, no. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, my favorite Castiel quote. <laughs> yeah, this is Castiel. No, <laughs> I've got a, uh, I've got one of those like um, squeezy dolls of uh, of Castiel, and every time you squeeze it, it just says a different line. And except mine's broken, so it only says Sam No now. <laughs> the abomination. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're back for another another great episode. Um, if you heard. Uh, Last week's episode, you know that we are... I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, <laughs> I was getting my episodes mixed up. The week before last was the one where we didn't like it. Last week's was super good and got into some meta shit. Um, we're going to get to some serious meta stuff on these yeah. episodes, Chris. Um, the fr- the very first one is is just out the box and insane and reminded me of why I fell in love with the show. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching this when it first came out and just flipping my fucking lid and just tripping out. There's a difference between, like, having a favorite show and then, like, loving a show. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it may, co- may come as a surprise to you, listener, but Supernatural is probably my favorite show. It is not the best show I watch, but it's the show that I love the most. And mm-hmm. the the I love this show came from this episode. I can see that. Like, this is where I was like, have they meant to do this all along? Well, first... Before we get into that, let's uh, let's catch this up from last time. Friend of the show, Jess, uh, everyone knows and loves Jess, um, wrote in to, to a, a little paragraph of our of the summary so far. Can you go ahead and read that for us, Chris? I sure can. Uh, last time on Supernatural, Pamela, after going blind because of the Winchesters, is killed by a demon because of the Winchesters. Then Castiel <laughs> tells Dean he's the one who, he's the only one who can stop the apocalypse, but also that he's totally the one who started all this shit. And then finally, mm-hmm. Sam and Dean both get office jobs to make us all feel like we too would have way cooler lives if we were hunters accurate that's a that's a that's a good summary thank you jess uh we appreciate that um so the first episode we're going to be covering today is the monster at the end of this book written by julie siege and nancy weiner um directed by mike roll sam and dean discover that their lives as hunters are accurately detailed in a series of quote supernatural novels they track down the author who explains that he sees visions of them and turns those images into books and uh yeah we we are introduced to series regular chuck um Mm -hmm. he's not going to be on every episode but he has a tendency to pop up basically all the time (laughs) Um, 
he uh, he plays a pretty important part. Like this is a this is a big deal. Like we're going to learn something at the end of this episode um, that is is significant for these boys' lives, and I think kind of changes the tone of the show a little bit. Like until this episode. Like we've been told that Dean has a destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's been a big thing. Um, Zachariah in that last episode, um, it's a terrible life. Basically said like being a hunter, like is your, it's what you were born to do. Like this is your destiny. You need to accept it. And uh, yeah, like this kind of cements that in a way that it was totally unexpected to me. Yeah, it uh, it changes the show. Like you were saying, Chuck is always just a, a pleasure to to watch on screen. That guy's great. Um, but the biggest thing for me with this episode was realizing how integral it is to the show. It's not a one-off Monster of the Week episode. Because you could totally see this as some sort of trickster thing or mm-hmm. any, anything, any weird cosmic event that the boys get wrapped up in where the, you know they, their lives are being written down by somebody and it's all a trick. But this is not a trick. This is, this is huge. This is a major part of the show. Let's um let's let's go ahead and get it out there. Let's talk about what we find out at the end of this, and then kind of so that as we move sure. through the episode, because there's a lot of good stuff in the episode. But I don't want to like re- I don't want to sh- restrain ourselves and and talking about like jokes and things just because um like we don't want to spoil everything. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I know people watch along with the show, and I know some people who actually listen to our podcast and then watch the episodes, which I find strange. But more power to you, <laughs> bud. Um, but so I don't really. But I, again, our spoiler policy is so weird here with this stuff because it's. I mean, this came out in two thousand nine. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not we're not current here. Um, Sam and Dean find this author um, who's been writing their books, and it turns out this guy Chuck is actually a prophet of the Lord, and he is writing what Castiel refers to as uh, the the Winchester Gospel. Um, or what will be known in the future as the Winchester Gospel, mm-hmm. which is um, again just makes everything that Sam and Dean are doing incredibly important. Like yeah. that it is pre-written. Number one, like that God is saying this plan to this dude Chuck. We will describe it in a minute. And Chuck is not what you would expect to see, <laughs> prophet of the Lord. <laughs> um, but that 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 you know this. This God that we are not, we haven't even had a confirmation of existing yet within the confines of the show is, you know, has this plan, has this plan for Sam and Dean. Like everything that they've been doing is, is part of their destiny. And man, this irks Dean to a, to a degree that I, I can really get behind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like the driving force of the next two seasons is just how pissed off Dean is about this shit. <laughs> He's not happy with He's this stuff, Chris. He's, he doesn't like it because he, he, you know, Dean is, is a, is a strong willed dude. Like he wants to make his own way in, in the world and has what he thinks has done that. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, so they, they start out Well, first we get we, a brief glimpse of Chuck as he's like kind of laid out on a couch, passed out and having visions of Sam and Dean. And then it just immediately like with, with no, like almost, within like 30 seconds goes to Sam and Dean going into a comic book shop and investigating the ghost. Yeah. And the, the, the clerk basically calls him on it. It's like, Oh, you're cosplaying those, those two brothers, Sam and Dean. And they're like, excuse me. <laughs> I love that. He gets the names wrong. Sal and whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve and Dirk, Sal and Dave. Steve and Sam Dirk. And Dean. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Steve and Dirk is good. That's I my, think that, uh, that's my AU. <laughs> I want to say that Sal was what Sam's name was supposed to be when supernatural was originally a show about a, uh, like journalist who went around and like investigated spooky stuff to write stories about it before it became obviously what we have now. Um, Sal's, the- Sal's a good name for that dude. I can, I could get behind that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of those things is a reference, but I love that in season four, they're still playing off of psychic visions. Like they're still doing the whole waking up and Oh no. Like what, what did Sam just dream about? Did it really happen? And then they start doing it with other people and then they throw Chuck in here 
And it seems like, is he having a psychic vision about Sam and Dean? Is he another one of Yellow Eyes' kids? No, not at all. This had nothing to do with it at all. Nope, nothing at all. Yep. <laughs> but we're thrown right into this. I just, I love that, that Sam and Dean come, come marching into this comic book store. And like, of course, if they're going to get called out by people, it's going to be by a nerd. Like this dude who's like, you guys of are LARPing, course. of course. <laughs> that moment where Dean has to be like, what's LARPing? It's like, as if you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Because you guys are doing a great job at it. Yeah, you look great. Come on, (laughs) stop it. Um, They're not only there to like investigate a ghost, uh, and then but as soon as they find out about this book, and the the guy like leads them over to some books, and like, oh hey, look at this. And I I just want to mention before we get to the books uh, that they we do not go catch this ghost. Like at no point do they come back to figure out what's haunting this building. So uh, apparently, it doesn't matter, or it just happens in between store episodes, but. Again, they forgot to hunt the thing, Chris. They forgot. <laughs> Mark it on your list. The they didn't save the people or hunt the thing in this. <laughs> nope. one. They just they just yep. felt violated. But but you know what we're dealing with this episode, Chris? A lot of family business. A, lot. <laughs> a whole lot of family business, guys. If if you think that we've dealt with family business before, Ooh. guys, <laughs> there's um, some family business. They see this guy leads him over to his like used book rack or whatever, and pulls out these books. And the books on the cover are. We we talk a lot about hunks on this show. We do. We, th- these two are these two are, are hunky dudes. Like they they are cut, they are ripped, they got muscles. Whatever you, whatever you want to call it, whatever your mm-hmm. whatever your nomenclature is, but they're not like impossible hunks, right? No. Like they're just kind of dudes. They're dude hunks. Yeah. The the guys on the cover of this book, and I'll try to find an image and put it in the show notes because it's worth clicking on if you're not going to watch it the really show. Is. It's, it's like a fob. It might even be just a photoshopped Fabio. It's right? got to like be Fabio. <laughs> I it's love real bad. I love that Dean mostly still looks like Dean, but Sam is Fabio with no shirt and the super long blonde hair. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at this sense. image now. It is really bad. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> oh man! And all of them. Sam immediately says, "Like, hey, we need to. We uh, need all of these. We need all of these books." Um. Oh wow. Yeah. This image. This is something special. I think that's definitely Fabio, dude. Or if not, it's like somebody that's. And Wait, God forbid is... if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know who Fabio is, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Google him. <laughs> it's I guess I guess that is Sam because he's got the long hair and Dean's got the short cropped hair with the with with the bag of salt on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so great. It's so great. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. I got distracted by honks, dude. So they, just, these boys, they're they're freaking out. Like they're not like, oh, that's what a coincidence. They're like, what in the fuck? Give us all of these books because the dude at the the comic book store seems to know a little bit too much about Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at this point they've seen enough like angel tricks, especially with the last episode, um, to know that maybe maybe this isn't all real or as it seems but they're still like yeah give us these books um because this is this is different most people don't know about what the winchesters do their lives are not public you know they they do what they do and they do it in the dark and the very in the back of the the book uh reads along a lonely california highway a mysterious woman in white uh lures men to their deaths a terrifying phenomenon that may be sam and dean's first clue to their father's whereabouts literally the first episode of, yes. of the series of the tv show series yes. like and the rest of the books we'll find out as, as it goes along are named after episodes like there's mm-hmm. bugs home asylum skin like exactly episodic names like somebody has been six, six, writing six. their life stories yeah 
they mention the racist truck by name. They say racist truck in this episode. Dean refers to it as he's like they even got the racist truck in here, man. And at some point he says, "I'm full frontal." Yeah, because that's the racist truck episode. Thank God he doesn't talk about any nipple play, so we don't even yeah. have to discuss that. We would have brought it up. Um, but the thing with those is, is the last book in the Supernatural book series is called No Rest for the Wicked, and it ends with Dean going to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's as if whatever, you know, we know him as the prophet. He doesn't know he's the prophet, but as the, you know, as doing this podcast, we know he's the prophet. So sure. he, you know, D- when Dean went to hell, it was as if the plan was interrupted. It's if there's mm-hmm. no, you know, God's plan for Dean was, was just totally put on hold because something bad happened, you know, something went off course because Dean is always breaking away from the plan. And I think that even as we discuss this, I don't ever think that this is all like fate, like they never had any control over their actions. I feel like they are the ones driving the car and that the, the 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 stories are following them like the visions are following them as they do things especially with dean like i i don't i don't think dean is subject to anybody's fucking fate i think that he is he's leading he's got the oars here so to speak if we um if you if you consider that like time is not a just a straight line mm-hmm. for like some sort of cosmic being that may or may not have completely created this universe. Like if, if he gave these beings free will, including Sam and Dean and he can, he would, he would have to be an extremely powerful and um, smart <laughs> deity to do all of this stuff. So th- there's, there's a reasonable assumption that he could, I would say accurately predict the actions of these if he if he brought his sure. you know his intellect to bear on the, on the process which if in the case of Sam and Dean um we already know them to be fairly significant members of this like cosmic community we don't really know why yet like we just know that they kind of centrally figure in like Dean and the Winchesters obviously have significant ties to breaking seals and drinking demon blood <laughs> and all this other stuff um they're going to expand on that more in future episodes but if the God in the supernatural universe is like looking at this stuff and like trying to and, and predicting what's going to happen, I, I still think that gives you free will, right? Like that gives Dean the ability to change stuff. This episode tries that. Like the Dean goes out of his way to try to like, yeah, because they, I guess we'll get there. Um, because I, I really want to talk about this publisher chick here in a bit because she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's been on the show before, but um, she has. Yeah, yeah, she definitely has. The boys um, interacting with Chuck with the prophet. Um, I feel like. Because then, you know, Dean knows what's going to happen. He wants to try and uh, twist out of their little, you know, destiny here, even in the smallest ways, um, which w- makes for the conflict of the episode. But I feel like this is even more controlled because the angels are right there. They are in actual contact with the prophet, the person writing it all. This this is, like, too tightly wound for them to escape from. Um, but as, as we go on, they're going to push harder and harder, especially Dean, against... Um, you know, the ties that bind them. Eh, that's mm-hmm. not whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the first thing the boys do after the, um, like well, reading through all thing. of these books. <laughs> one more thing, right? Yeah. Sam finds. Oh, maybe, I, maybe I've forgotten what it is. What is it? Maybe you were going to say it. 
Slash fiction, of course. Oh, of course, yes, yes. We can't go. We cannot because Sam, while Dean is reading the book, Sam is going online and they actually read internet comments and like about how um, what, what do they say? Like unrealistic or trite the story is, and Dean gets all pissy and he's like, "Screw you, man! I lived it." Yeah, he's like, "Well, they're not as bad as the Slash fans," and he's like, "What is that?" <laughs> Basically, like Sam slash Dean together, and Dean's only response to that is, "They do, they do know we're brothers, right?" <laughs> as if like just like dude come on like they don't they don't they realize this uh sam says doesn't seem to matter <laughs> which come on guys they are brothers i would i would be curious um to know when i don't even know why i'm gonna say this out loud because someone's gonna answer me and then i'm gonna have to know it or like possibly even read it but like when did that kind of stuff start coming out like when did that aspect of the fandom start to surface was it like season one i think they it saw these two hunks season one honestly okay because for the show to react to it to, for, to specifically call it out and call it bad on season four like means that it's had to have been there for a while like the the writers have to have been aware of it like it's not some small corner of the internet like it definitely came to their attention somehow I'd, yeah. I'd be curious about those stories, right? Like, when's the first time you read about Sam fucking Dean, <laughs> right? Like, right? That's going to be my question My question think, at the next Supernatural Con. <laughs> I think when I made a Tumblr was the first time I was like, what, huh? Wait, that wasn't a, just a joke for the TV show? People are, people, they're brothers. <laughs> you guys know they're brothers, right? <laughs> you Des- guys know they're brothers. <laughs> Destiel has always been fine. <laughs> but Sam Oh, Dean- and we're going to, and look, I, we are going to get in some Destiel stuff because... Yeah, what the, the stuff that Castiel does in this episode, like and just like he did with the last episode too, or the one before this, like it's it's ridiculous for anybody that doesn't have some sort of romantic interest in someone to do this. <laughs> like it's just ridiculous. It'd be ridiculous um, even if he does have a romantic interest in him. <laughs> uh, also true, yeah. Uh, so Sam doing on this online research tracks down the publisher of the books uh, because the um, I, don't, I forget the original name, but Chuck has used a pen name to it, and there's no records Carver for this Edlund. dude whatsoever. Carver Edlund, obviously a reference to uh, you know Ben Carver and also Ben, ben Edlund, Edlund and Jeremy Carver. <laughs> Jeremy Carver, thank you. <laughs> Everybody's name is Ben in the supernatural universe. <laughs> it's real easy to keep up with everybody. Um, so they go to the publisher to try to convince her that, to, that they're um, huge fans and that they need to access this dude. Um, and I like this exchange a lot. It's, there's a lot of really funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's the moment where they, to convince her that they are who they are um, or are who they say they are, which is a huge fan. Like they have to show her their tattoos, their anti-possession tattoos. And yeah. she, and obviously this isn't like displayed on the camera, but she turns around and, like you can kind of notice, like she's taking down some part of her of her clothes and like showing her what I imagine is her ass and like oh yeah I have one too, and the only thing that I can think is like man she's doing that because she's a fan but honestly that's a really good idea right now <laughs> 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 they can definitely trust this chick at this point yeah for sure I uh, I love this scene because she starts quizzing them because she like most fans they're very protective over the things that they love. And mm-hmm. she's afraid that these dudes are are coming in to basically, you know, talk some shit. And uh, she said, you know, we wanted to start publishing again. And Dean's like, oh, no, please don't publish. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like, well, the story ended on such a perfect note, right? And uh, she says, my favorite parts are when they cry. All of these things that we've spent the last four seasons discussing is, you know, this is what she's talking about here. But I love that to, to really believe them, she quizzes them. She asks them Sam's birthday, and he immediately says my birthday, then has to correct to say his. Um, she asks Dean's favorite songs. Um, well, she, he said she says favorite song, and he says trick question, and then names two songs, mm-hmm. um, two uh, Led Zeppelin songs who, whose names escape me. I think one's Rambly Man, but yeah, who knows? I don't even other, think that's a Led Zeppelin song, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. 
the best part of it is when she asks uh, Dean, or I'm sorry, Sam, his uh, LSAT score, whatever it is, you know, his college <laughs> entrance yeah. score, whatever, and he, like, barely knows what it is. It's him trying to remember it. And her being like, okay, okay. Because that's the exact type of thing that a fan would know that a real person, like, wouldn't. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it was mm-hmm. such a, like, a nice flourish there. And it was also a reminder, like, hey, remember that time that Sam went to college? For four years? <laughs> for four years and almost graduated, but didn't, and has, has yet to go back in the last hey, four years? we were talking about this privately. Sam got a full ride, but how? How did he get a full ride to Stanford, Chris? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess we've they seen were what trying, his high school looks like. That, yeah. That's not a good place to be. They were trying to imply how smart he was, like, that even yeah. just in the face of everything else, he was still able to do so well on everything that... But, like, you got a track record like that. That's not looking good. Leads to one conclusion. Sam thought he got a full ride to Stanford, but really... Really, it was just some John Winchester uh, credit card scam shit that he just never oh, told Sam about. I, I guarantee you that um, John Winchester did some credit card scam shit and had uh, Bobby laundered the money and set up a fake scholarship <laughs> <laughs> to make it look like, oh my God, Sam's life is entirely a lie. <laughs> you think they fed up? Do you think they set up a fake school? It like, do you think he, he went to Smanford instead of Stanford? <laughs> Also, uh, I, I did look it up, by the way, and um, the LSAT range is 120 to 180, and he scored a 146. So that's that seems like straight middle of the road to me. Yeah, good for him, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the best part, yeah, Sam Sam made all these friends. Like, he had a real girlfriend. That was true. Uh, mm-hmm. But they were like, it, Sam, it's weird. We never see you in class. Like, and he's like, no, I go to class every day because he's going sure, to a yeah. different school. He's going to a different school, which is definitely not being taught by Bobby or, Bob, or Rufus, Bobby's friends. <laughs> <laughs> Things ended up getting out of control by accident, but... No Dean, wonder he knows how to make bombs. This seriously. is making more and more sense. He went to a fake school. That fake they school set up, set up by John Winchester. Like, listen, <laughs> Princess needs his alone time. He needs to go off and do his own thing. So we're just going to train him how to be a better hunter while he's doing that. And then Dean, when he's about to go for his interview, we're going to save him the embarrassment. We're going to come and just and we're going to rescue him. Jessica, was they weren't planning on that. You know, they're not no that No one cool. was planning for Jessica, yeah. But, you know... It was all. It was all fake. You heard it here first. Monster of the week. You heard it here first. That's. A, I, I love this theory so much. Um, <laughs> so after she confirms that they are like indeed hardcore fans, she just gives them this dude's address. Which um, we've talked about true crime stuff on the show before. Uh, I know you're a big true crime. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. fan. Like you like a bunch of people dying or whatever. But like you, you, you enjoy reading and I take learning an about these stories. Yeah, yeah. And my, and my wife does too. And my wife turned to me and said, um, "Hey, like." This is exactly the type of people that you should not give someone's address to. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's, the wor- it's the worst kind of obsessive personality that would memorize all of this crazy, minute information and then like go to the author and take off his skin and wear it so that mm-hmm. they can write the books. And that's, that's his exact response. He's like, is this a misery thing? Referencing Stevie <laughs> King's misery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... They, so they do eventually catch up with Chuck, and, and Chuck is definitely like disbelieving of this Just whole thing. last thing about Chuck Shirley, who we're learning his name now. She, she gives mm-hmm. him the real name. But uh, she says he's like Salinger, J.D. Salinger, author, author of Catcher of the Rye. This author oh, yeah. of shitty dime novel supernatural books is just like J.D. Salinger. I love that like little line, that little devotion that the fan has. It's um, I love this chick as as this like like devoted publisher chick. Like I, I love her as this, and I think she has cool hair. Like she has like uh, what I would consider like real nineties like cut she hair for cool some hair. reason, <laughs> yeah. um, which I can really get behind. Like I, I'm into that. Um, but yeah, they show up at Chuck's house and basically barge in and yell at him for a little while of like, how do you know this? And of course he's like, I, you know, I, I, you, you're not these people. This is not true. They show him the uh, the guns. 
they he doesn't believe anything. He still doesn't believe it. He just thinks that they're hardcore. Um, they show him. I think they show him the tattoos, or they say something else. What and it comes then, down um, to is is Dean says, Win- yeah. "Yeah, I'm I'm Dean Winchester, and that's my brother Sam Winchester." And he's like, "Oh, the names were never in the books. I never even wrote that down. I never told anybody. Weird thing to do, Chuck. But uh, that was just for some reason never part of the of the series. So the fact that they know that is really starting to kind of to get to Chuck because. The fact of the matter is, he has been having visions about them. You know, he probably thinks that they're just terrible, awful dreams that give him headaches, but mm-hmm. it's essentially, he's having prophetic visions about Sam and Dean, so when they give him that clue, it's kind of, it's enough to turn the tables. That is, um, one slight pot- plot hole in all this, is that he, if he's actually having visions, and we, they, they show his visions as, like, quick cutscenes of Sam and Dean doing stuff, like, they sh- he should probably have known those dudes on site, right? Like, because he's describing them in his book, so maybe, I don't know, like, I, I, don't, I don't really care it's that true. much about the plot hole, but, like, it does seem a little weird that he, I mean, he does drink a lot of alcohol to blot out his pain, so maybe he just doesn't remember <laughs> it very clearly, so. Yeah. Um, there's a, once he finally, they finally convince him, uh, they but with the last names, and they also, like, start saying stuff about, that's happened in their lives, and he's like, how did you know about that? I haven't published those books yet, because he kept writing, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. though publishing interest had dried up, no one was buying it. Um, his, he, he comes to the conclusion that there's only one possible explanation, and that he is a god. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes into this long speech about, he's like, oh my god, did you have to live through bugs? I'm yeah. so sorry. Horror <laughs> like is one I, thing, but bad writing? <laughs> <laughs> All the things that I did to you, I killed your dad, I killed your girlfriend, I did this, I did that, like, I'm so sorry. And this is just, like, pissing Dean off. You, you mm-hmm. can totally see this. Like, he's not into it at all. He also apologizes for the ghost ship, which he calls ghost ship, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many great little nods. Like, this is where I felt like the... I mean, this is the first real meta episode, of course, like, where mm-hmm. they're, the show's ready to make fun of itself now. And if that's not the most endearing shit a show can do, then I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, this... I wouldn't say it's the first real meta episode, just because, like, um, that that last one we did is A Terrible Life gets pretty meta oh, with yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the Ghost Facers, like, cameo or whatever. Oh, but, sure. uh, <laughs> this this feels like the first time that we've seen the show go fucking crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just in a quick aside, like, a whole episode. And then, then he realizes, like, as they're talking to him about this, he's like, oh, wait, the latest book that I've been reading, it gets real Vonnegut. And, uh... <laughs> Fucking Dean Winchester. I love when they write Dean is kind of smart because he's yeah. like uh, Slaughterhouse Five Vonnegut or Cat's Cradle Vonnegut, and fucking <laughs> Sam's Manford like, degree fuck? Sam look, look, looks at him and is like, "Excuse me, <laughs> what was that?" <laughs> Dean, you know book. And I don't remember Chuck's response, but he's like, "No, it's actually like such and such Vonnegut." And I can't remember the name of the book now because I mean I'm not a pretentious guy in college that's memorized a bunch of Vonnegut novels. Uh, what's, what's Vonnegut's? Uh, what's his character's name? Sure, yeah, that's right. The mm. guy. Oh, shit. Mm. Doesn't matter. He wrote himself in. Okay. We're not here to talk yeah, about Vonnegut. He... We're here to talk about hugs. But Chuck has been writing himself into the story and thinking that um, it's like, he's like, I thought it was going to be kind of pretentious, but like, it's actually kind of working. And then there's a weird scene change here, Chris, and I, and I dig it, but it's they get hit the script, like the latest script, and then they take it to the laundry for the first time we've ever seen the Winchester boys do any laundry. <laughs> like they're it's just, gotta get done, man. It's gotta it's, get done. You gotta, you gotta wash the drawers. Like I'm you telling you, get them washed. They just keep working in these scenes of them doing regular things. We get more of it in the next episode too. But uh, I, I used to think this was the funniest shit ever of Sam putting the laundry away and Dean reading the script of him doing the laundry, and he keeps talking about his brooding, pensive shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but those are definitely your brooding and pensive shoulders. 
isn't there something about Sam's gigantic pants that he's putting into the dryer? <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, just adorable. Dean is reading this out loud and is basically narrating everything that they're doing and to the point where uh, Sam is like shutting up and like he kind of sets up and he's looking away from Dean and, and Dean says, you just thought that I was a dick. And Sam <laughs> looks around and is like, the guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> Really, really super funny. I just also just like the idea. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I actually wrote the line down. Sam throws his gigantic darks into the machine. <laughs> <laughs> his gigantic darks his is the gigantic name of darks. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't... I just have normal darks. I don't know about you. Like, yeah, I'm, well, Sam's like, a fucking giant. He is, he is an absolute, absolute giant. Um, they go back to Chuck and... Uh, Chuck has written some some bad news for him. He has mm-hmm. written down that uh, Lilith is going to show up and is going to seduce Sam, and they are going to bone down in their cheap uh, hotel room. Fiery and demonic passion. Fiery demonic passion, Chris. Honestly, if you're going to have demonic passion... It's got to be fiery. You've got to be fiery. I love the scenes of Chuck trying to write because he's such a bad writer. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Like, the way he struggles, like, uh, Dean pushed the... With determination or whatever you know the line i'm talking about him ringing the doorbell just the overwriting of like every sentence every single sentence yeah it's so good of an amateur writer because i was trying to be an amateur writer when i was first watching this and it just was like yep this is exactly how i write i am terrible adverbs in every sentence and (laughs) making sure things are way overly described um there's a line in here where i think uh dean says something like i don't know like where did you get this psychic bs from and he's like i'm not psychic if I was a psychic, I would be doing something totally different. Writing is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dean kind of gives him a dismissive look like, what? But it really is for this dude. Like, he has these visions and he self-medicates on, on booze and then wakes up and then has to write it anyway. So, <clears throat> Yeah. it's um, It starts to look a little bit more... or It almost paints a more serious picture of Chuck, who, who himself just thinks he's a shitty writer. But there is this, like, compulsion. Like, he really doesn't have a choice, almost. Yeah, it's uh, he he can't stop. Um, the boys get the get the latest pages that he's written, and uh, like there's there's some there's some very specific details that they're going to try to to work against. So like Dean gets a bacon cheeseburger, and Dean is driving around the Impala with the back window busted out and a tarp on it, and just some like obvious like things of like okay, you know if we don't if we make these not happen, then uh, we can break this whole thing open. And it leads into some stupid, not, not stupid, but like some comedic moments of Dean ordering a vegan burger and actually accidentally getting a bacon cheeseburger and being like, oh my God, tofu is great. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's actually a bacon cheeseburger. Just showing that um, no matter what they do, things are still going to end up how they were written. Um, I love that Sam is not supposed to do research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dean tells him to, uh, Dean sequesters him into this like rent by the hour hotel because it's not quote the red motel. And yeah. uh, tells him to don't do anything important. Just sit around and watch porn. <laughs> don't do any homework, which is really good. Because treating it like opposite day means that Sam can't uh, look at facts about monsters and has to like chill out for a fucking second. Sam Winchester, Jesus man. And um, it <laughs> this this stuff is just so wacky. Like as Dean is leaving, like the neon blows out, and all of a sudden it becomes instead of the. Uh, Sundered Hotel. I don't actually remember the name, but like the whatever letters go out, and now all of a sudden it's the Red Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean gets into a car accident and uh, like wakes up with star band aids on his or seeing stars and have like little girl band aids on his face, and which was part of what was written. 
he, and he walks back over to the Impala and the back window's out. Like all of this stuff happens and it's like, it's making, it's just pissing Dean off. Like Dean is just angry at this point, which I really, really enjoy. So the whole, the whole crux of this is that they're, they're trapped in town. Uh, the bridge is out for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Basically just being like the hands of fate are now, are keeping these boys here for this showdown with, with Lilith, because that's the last thing that Dean wants is to be going up against Lilith. And obviously Sam's like, no, we should stay and fight. But that's a bad idea, Sam. So <laughs> everything is just like, it's really pushing towards this, this climax because mm-hmm. Dean, despite all of his efforts to, to keep this fiery demonic passion from happening, it seems like it's happening no matter what, you know, treating it like opposite day, staying at a different motel, but having the sign change. So this is the red motel. Anyway, like all of this leading into Sam's kind of hubris almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get into it. They get into a bit of an argument about this too, because uh, Sam is, is is disbelieving in this whole thing. Like, right? Like, he's like, this could never. He's just lucky. He, you know, he, he doesn't have. You know, not, all of this is bullshit. Like, it can't be real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says something like, "You don't believe I can? You don't believe I'll actually do it with Lilith, right?" And Dean is like, "Well, like, yeah. if you have fucked a lot of monsters, and as the viewer, like we just in the last episode, we we saw him beg Ruby for demon blood." Which apparently can only be transmitted via weird blood sex. Um, yeah, which, <laughs> I mean, I guess is good and bad depending on your view of blood sex. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dean obviously knows that he's he's going to do this. And as the viewer, like watching this again, I was like, oh yeah, like if Lilith shows up in that room, he is one hundred percent going to bang Lilith for her demon blood because yeah. I would assume that she has like great demon. She's blood, got the strongest right? like, demon blood. Yeah, yeah, got like ten point two percent by volume. <laughs> See, but the thing with Sam. Is this is what's really showing in his like mental state in this this season and all the sh- the bad shit that he's been doing? I think that what he's saying, like, of course I'm not going to sleep with Lilith or do this or do that. Like, he totally believes in himself. Like, he still thinks that he's in control. He thinks that he's the strong one who can take down Lilith. He's like, no, I would just trick her. I would do that. I wouldn't actually sleep with her. But like, Sam. Yeah, and- you're not strong yeah. enough, buddy. You're not. You're not. And we're um, literally been... succumbing to the dark side. <laughs> Going dark side Which... in Star Wars is all about being weak. From the outside, you think, oh, it's all about being strong because you get force lightning and you can do all these cool powers. Dark side is about weakness. <laughs> and Sam is exemplifying yeah, it's, it's, all of it's that. All- all about fear. Like, that's the number one thing. Um, and, and we get that immediately, not immediately, excuse me, we get that spelled out, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Sam calls Chuck and says, hey, Chuck, come meet me at this by-the-hour hotel. It's definitely not weird. And um, Chuck gets over there, and um, he says, you know, do you know everything? And Sam's, and Chuck is like, about the demon blood? Like, yeah, Sam, I know about it. I didn't put it in the book because I was too embarrassed to. And I'm like, wow, yeah. what a fucking burn. It was too, like, unredeemable or something like that. Like, you know, or it would make you too unsympathetic. That was um, what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would make the character too unsympathetic. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to monsteroftheweek.cool, y'all. Yeah, he says, I was afraid it would make you look unsympathetic. Sucking blood, you gotta know that wrong. Know that's wrong. And this is either Sam trying to talk himself down from something, or being slightly honest for two seconds. I can't tell. Because um, Sam's just so back and forth now. But he says, it scares the hell out of me. I feel it inside me. I wish, I, I wish to God I could stop. But what choice do I have if it helps me kill Lilith and stop the apocalypse? In that, it's like, does he really feel bad about what he's doing? Or is he just trying to justify it to Chuck or justify it to himself? Like, listen, hey, I know it looks bad. But like, when I have a couple drinks, I just feel better. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's for the... It, then I do I'm better at my job or whatever. Like, he's... Yeah, yeah. Is, is he just making excuses? I mean, he is. He is making excuses. Does he believe them is the, other, is the, the real question. 
Um, I think he does. I think because um, I think he at least surface level believes this stuff. Because also, and in, 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 uh, going along with this is that he thinks that since Dean came back from hell, yeah. that he's not capable of doing this. Dean's not Dean been, lately. That's, yeah, Dean's not Dean lately. Like he he if he's not going to step up and, and take care of this, um, I'm going to have to, and I need this to be able to do it. Um, so I, th- I think surface level, he definitely thinks it, but like. And and Chuck says this, and this is a running joke between me and Autumn. And, then, and you just quoted the line, like the you had to know it was wrong. Like, yeah, it's fucking demon bloods, you know. Like, and that's just a. I mean, that's the perfect encapsulation of everything. Like, you know, in your heart of hearts, that having sex with a demon and her cutting open her arm and like licking her lips as you feed off of her is probably a bad thing. Yeah, like, that's some probably. dark shit. Like, there's no way that that's good. Like, when Dean had sex with the angels, no, no knives came out. It was no just knives. some some straight up backseat American sex. Yeah, nobody was worried about it. Um, did they have sex at the Impala? Yeah, they the had sex in the back of the Impala. Of course they did. We didn't. We didn't talk about that at the time, did we? We. I mean, it was. Come on, of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. Yeah. You wow. see the, the just, size of that back seat? It's huge. They had a lot of room. It's back made there. for that. They had. They had room for an extra camera crew in there, no doubt. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think to mention it at the time. So, you know um, what's great about this scene with Sam and Chuck is that, in a way, Chuck knows Sam better than literally anybody because he's been writing him. It's like talking to mm-hmm. your own character, you know? Um, and Chuck says something about, oh, uh, maybe maybe you you like doing this or whatever. Maybe you're not drinking the demon blood because you want to help Dean or stop the apocalypse. Maybe the demon blood makes you feel stronger or more in control, which Sam immediately denies. He's like, that's not how it is. Um, and Chuck says, I'm sorry, man. I know it's a ter- terrible burden knowing that it all rests on your shoulders. And Sam says, does it all rest on my shoulders? Um, and Chuck's response to that is that seems to be where the story's headed mm-hmm. now with some foresight. I think that Ch- Chuck is being very serious and like saying like, yes, it all rests on your shoulders, but I don't think that he means what Sam thinks he means. Um, yeah he doesn't mean give up everything and all of your humanity in order to do this mission he means mm -hmm. that it all rests on your shoulders and you should be a strong person like you should not you should not succumb to this weakness this fear Mm -hmm. because that's what it is he's scared that dean is not going to be able to do the job he's not going to be able to prevent the apocalypse part of me takes this and maybe maybe spoilers so i don't know if you'd want to cut this out but part of me thinks that it's chuck saying it does all rest on your shoulders this is all going to be your fault (laughs) <laughs> not not you are the hero it's you are the villain like you are the one who is going to c- cause problems if you keep up this behavior but yeah. sam is just like i'm a hero i gotta do this <laughs> i'm a hero <laughs> sometimes i am made with shaved beef other times i am not <laughs> i'm a hero um so this happens and i think this is right after this is where we get a uh, all of our dean comedic error stuff and then um dean gets pissed off that he has basically been pre-written and goes to chuck's house and confronts chuck and says mm-hmm. like hey you know this is this is what where are you getting this from like this is just fucking crazy and then of course castiel shows up and is like hey you, you can't touch that dude like you can't you can't yeah. put your hands on him and uh Chuck immediately recognizes Castiel for being Castiel and like goes to the goes to the side, picks up a bottle of liquor, a dirty glass, goes to sit in his, <laughs> his like comfy chair and just starts getting drunk and just starts knocking him back. He's like, "This is too much. I can't this handle too this. much." The fucking angels here too. Oh my god! <laughs> but some of this stuff coming up is some of my favorite Castiel stuff and some of my favorite Dean stuff. Um, where I don't know which order it happens. I didn't take the notes down for. Does, when does uh, 
Cass and Dean have their conversation? Is it after Dean talks to Sam? So it's so what happens here is that um, basically Cass explains like, hey, this is this is the Winchester Gospels that he's writing. He's a prophet of the actual Lord. You can't touch him. Um, all of this is true. Like you can't do anything about it. And um, I think that's when I know that Sam yeah, and, so, and Dean so, have a fight so, because. Yeah, and that's, and that's what this leads to, is Dean Trot tells, tells Castiel, like, hey, you got to stop Sam and, and Lilith, this thing, from happening. And he's like, I can't. It's prophet of the Lord. He's been written. Yeah. So that's when Dean goes back to Sam's little shitty apartment and says, like, hey, we got to get you out of here. Yeah. I don't care well, if we're swimming Sam, across the river. We're swimming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but Sam has burned the hex bags that we forgot to mention that matter about. But yeah. Has, has done away with all of the protections they had against Lilith. And um, this is where they have that argument where uh, Sam says, you know, do you think I'll go dark, dark side, don't you? And I just, Indeed. I love the fact that not only we call it dark side, but Sam yeah. just has just gone all in on this dark side routine. Like, has he only seen a Star Wars? I know, but <laughs> like, imagine if you're trying to talk about this in real life and all you have is pop culture references. If, like, <laughs> if we were Sam and Dean and I was going dark side, like... Chris, I think you're doing something that's like really unhealthy. Like that would be weird. Like you would just say, I'm going dark side. It's a great it's a great way to say it. It's just weird because it's another form of fiction referencing a different form of fiction. Chris, do you remember when Artorius went to the went to Ulysil to save the Princess Dusk and he was instead infected by the Abyss and became one of the Abyss's pon- monsters? Yeah, and like he, that's, he went that's, dark side. Yeah, yeah, that's what's going through me. This is what I'm, this is what I'm having right now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Do you remember when Guts, so consumed by rage that the Berserker armor started turning him into the thing he hated most? That's what's happening to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Sam I is like... I have needing to ask about the Berserker armor. I'm glad you brought it up. Oh, of course. We should talk about it. <laughs> it's great. I could do a whole podcast about it. Um, it, was, it was really the Berserker armor in the room, if you know what I'm saying. Woo! <laughs> Jokes. Uh... What was they so saying? yeah, they they oh, have yeah, this okay. huge fight. Yeah, they, <laughs> Sam this is wants where they to have the fight. fight. Yeah, Sam mm-hmm. wants to stay and fight. He's like, I'm I'm gonna get juiced up and I'm gonna f- fight Lilith and beat her. I'm stronger now. Blah blah blah. Dean is like, no, like I don't care if we're swimming across the river. We're getting out of town because screw this shit. This is not us, and we're not dying here. Sam refuses to leave, and this is my like favorite Dean moment in a while of him so fucking mad wanting to just clean this kid's clock but dean just throws his bag down and he storms out but the throwing his bag down means i'm not leaving you like i'm just going out because i'm pissed at you but sam is not a or dean is not abandoning sam no matter how shitty he thinks this is no matter how much he was just saying we have to run away from lilith because we're gonna die in a second he still hates everything that sam is doing but he will not leave him and i'm like fuck yeah dean you're the man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's he is so obviously the better person he's like such a good dude <laughs> c- come at me twitter like come at me with your with your sam ships or whatever like i'm I, you can't i am hashtag I I, team dean all the way i think twitter you maybe you'll have to correct me on this i think i'm the biggest sam fan involved in this podcast <laughs> probably so yeah <laughs> but that's because i i like his i like his bad guy stuff but i don't think he's a better person than dean <laughs> No, no. Dean is and so Dean obviously it. the better dude. Dean proves it over and over again. And um even to this point where he walks outside and he does this like this this gesture of like I'm you're making the t- worst decision of your life, Sam, but I'm going to be here for you anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big thing to do. That's a family thing to do. Yeah. Friends don't usually stick through that. Like you have to be blood related to somebody or have like significant family bonds with somebody to do that for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um and then he walks to the uh 
like the the soda machine or whatever, and of course loses his money on that because you know the Lord likes to say "fuck you" a lot. Yeah, <laughs> why, why give Dean one middle finger when he can give him two? Um, mm-hmm. The, uh, but he this is when Dean like he's he's obviously struggling with this. Like this is obviously all weighing on him, and he literally looks up to the sky and starts praying. Yeah, and is praying to the Lord and like, hey, I, you know, I, I need some help here, and we're we're gonna see this scene. Like this is not a an uncommon scene for Dean Winchester. Like Dean is going to like look up in the sky and basically go, why me a lot in this series. Um, this is the first time it happens. It's not the most powerful time it happens, but it's, it's very, when I was watching this, it kind of affected me a little bit. Like you have somebody that has literally been handed proof of God via this prophet has literally been shown that like his, his, his future is pre-written and, and he looks up and he's like, please help me. Like, please break this for me and let me protect my brother. That's a huge thing, it's right? Huge. Like knowing that this cosmic entity has singled you guys out and then asking it for a favor. That's some Dean Winchester shit, man. But I, as, I love it to death. As a TV show, as a work of you know fiction, as a work of art, whenever they show Dean staring up at the empty sky, it feels like an act of futility every time. And that's what always makes these scenes so powerful for me, is that mm-hmm. it's, it's always the last ditch. Dean can't even believe he's saying it, even in, confronted with the fact that uh, there is supposed to be a god, and there is supposed to be a mission for Dean. Just the way that they they shoot these, it makes it feel like Dean's last ditch, and it feels it's always heavy and it's always emotional because it doesn't feel like anything is going to be okay. It somehow, in one way or another, kind of is okay, but mm-hmm. they don't make you feel that way. They make you fight for it, and this is when uh, Castiel shows up. And this conversation between him and Castiel of, um, and this is something. I was referring to earlier of Castiel going above and beyond the call of duty to, to help Dean specifically Dean Winchester. Mm-hmm. I don't, at this point, I don't necessarily think that Castiel cares about Sim Winchester outside of the context of Dean Winchester at all, other, other yeah. than as a problem. Um, so Dean says like, I'm, I'm going to refuse to help you. Like if you don't stop this, like I, th- when you need me the most, I'm going to refuse you. Like yeah. you should help me do this. And, and Castiel says like, no, I'm I'm not physically capable of you know interfering with what a prophet does or says. Like I'm not, I cannot do that. And you know if a if a prophet is is brought to harm, and I think that's what. Um, but if a prophet is threatened, then you know an archangel of the Lord will show up. Like one of the four archangels will show up and fuck everybody's world up. And like, kind of looks at Dean and kind of, and like, just doesn't wink, but like, yeah. basically winks with his entire face. I right? love this scene because even as though I've seen this episode a million times, I I got to the point where Castiel kind of has to lean forward and say it, and I was like, "You sly son of a bitch!" Like, I forgot <laughs> that he pulled this move where he's like, he's going to bat for Dean because we we have so much knowledge about Castiel and Dean and Destiel and all these things that the fandom thinks it does none of that even really matters but we've been watching the show for years we have this knowledge but the first time you're watching it if you don't know anything about Castiel outside of what you've seen in the television show this moment I feel like is a big moment because he's he's obviously shown he's he's leaning more and more and more towards being an ally of Dean this is such a great workaround because he clearly has his orders he clearly has like rules that he's set in but he's able to nod just enough and it's such a huge help to dean as we're going to see here yeah and the, the the this whole thing is if a let's say that a demon was in the same room as a prophet of the lord this archangel would have to descend and of course this demon would be immediately swatted so dean sees this as an opportunity to um save sam and kill lilith all in one go just mm-hmm. by bringing this dude bringing chuck to an apartment 
um, <clears throat> he goes to get Chuck. Like he's he's kind of excited about this, and Chuck kind of refuses. He's like, I don't want anything to do with Lilith. That chick is scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he basically threatens the prophet's life. Right. He's he's like, look, I'll put a bullet in your brain. And he's like, if well, if you try that, wouldn't based on what you're telling me, wouldn't the archangel come? And Dean's like. It'd be an interesting exercise. Yeah. Let's see if he's faster on the draw than I am. And I'm like, fuck yes, Dean Winchester. <laughs> Motherfucking cowboy Dean. <laughs> I love this so much. So back to smash cut to Sam and Lilith smash cutting in the motel room. Um, yeah, Dean, uh, Sam walks back in and, and Lilith is just hanging out. So and, I actually, um, I like this because it is set up very creepy. And I like that they've started to figure out Sam's shit now they're trying a lot less to make him seem sympathetic it's already kind of crossed the line of we don't even need to bother anymore like sam's Mm -hmm. role in all of this is now pretty much set um you know for the viewers so i like that they put him on his own they put him in this situation where you don't know what where he's gonna do but then there's that knock at the door and when he goes to open it and there's nobody there it almost starts to get kind of creepy it's like they're setting up this horror thing for me, it was as if they were saying, look at Sam being in over his head here. Like, there's a, it, it kinda, there's a spooky kinda, thing happening. Yeah, it, it gave me some of those, um, you have to invite the vampire in vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's nothing that is spelled out as all of that. Like, he no, doesn't, no, like, no, no. please come into my room. But it's it's very much like the door opens and then he turns around and she's there as if she kind of just, she's just magicked herself in. Um, and it's, it, it is very spooky. Like, it's, like, the way that these things move and get around is always, it's been... It's never explained, which I think is for the benefit of the show. Like, just let yeah. them go do whatever the fuck they want to. So, but it is super creepy. I think that and, it's uh, hard to do horror around hunks. Like, a super-powered-up Sam Winchester with psychic powers and a demon blade. How, how do you make something scary around him? Like, something, mm-hmm. as a viewer, if I'm going to com- communicate something through Sam Winchester, how am I going to be afraid of anything? Because he's, so, he's supposed to be so, so strong. But they make Lilith seem so creepy that I'm like, oh boy, something is wrong here. Sam, you really do not know what you're doing. They uh, they make Lilith look so creepy, and they also um, powered up Sam with a knife is one thing, but we also have seen him succumb to his, to his own weakness, his own addiction mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. Ruby. And like we mentioned before, Ruby, Lilith is just a powered up Ruby. Like, she's just a higher on the team. So, like, this entire, this entire thing, she's being very flirtatious, she's being very seductive, and they... they and obviously trying to tempt him into, you know, whatever she wants. Uh, and I, I, even watching it this time, I was like, man, <laughs> Sam is going to fuck that demon. <laughs> I just know he's going to fuck that demon. So he doesn't spoilers. And, and Sam never imagines that he's going to, he, he never does like, he's never like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck the demon. Um, as much as it makes it seem like he's going to, he's not. But I think that just draws another line for him where it's to say he's so fucking under the thumb of Ruby that he is, he's still so disgusted with doing anything with Lilith because he wants revenge and all this shit and sees it as completely nothing like what he's doing with Ruby. Like, they're basically the same thing. It's still having sex with a demon to gain power or to do something or whatever. But he's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, Lilith, no, I would never do that. Ruby, no, but that's totally different. The thing with Ruby, no, 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 that's nothing like this. Sam, you're fucking delusional, buddy. Totally delusional, Chris. I, I, you know what I like though. I really like Lilith's pitch. Can we can we talk mm-hmm. about the, what she's what she's asking him for? Because 
she basically says like, Hey, I'm, I am, this has all been super dramatic. Like I didn't mean for this to get to angels <laughs> and like waking up Lucifer. Like I would just, I just want to go back to the times where people were like donating baby's blood to me. So, um, I'll do the thing. Like I, I'm already not going to survive the apocalypse. I want to survive the apocalypse. I will stop breaking these seals. I will prevent Lucifer from getting out. If, um, I can kill you and your brother Dean. Like that's the deal that's on the table, and then of course he says like I can't, I could never trust you. You'd, you'd weasel out of it, and she's like, "I'm this is what I do. I'm a deal demon. <laughs> like I can't, like this is what we do. Like I, I am, I will be honor bound to to mm-hmm. finish this if 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 you do your part." And um, I, that's a real like, obviously it's the Sophie's Choice thing, but it's also like how you're willing to sacrifice yourself to to do all of this stuff, but are you really willing to sacrifice are yourself you to really? do all of this? Yeah. She's playing yeah. into that almost desire that he has for self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Because I think that Sam believes that if he sacrifices himself, that the evil thing that he knows he truly is will be all worth it. It'll be okay in the end yep. if he's able to sacrifice himself for the greater good. But like, Which is an, which is an addict's decision because you know um, dealing with addiction is all about not dealing with consequences, mm-hmm. whether it's of your current actions or what you have already did last night or you know, what you're about to do when you get in the car or whatever. Like, like, you know, it's all about not dealing with those consequences. And if you can do something good, like if you make this one grand gesture and then jet out at the end and so that everyone's happy, like you, you think that that's good. But yeah. it, and it's actually not at all. If like, I can die to save do. the world, then Dean won't be mad at me for all the shit that I've been doing the last year. Like that's, exactly. It's almost as if it's that simple, you know what I mean? Like there's just, he, he's just not right. His brain is not right. Like he's not in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. And he's making unhealthy decisions. Even in this situation, like you and you and Dean can die, and everybody else will live. But even when he's like, "No, I'm not actually going to take that deal." Secretly, it's like, "Oh, so you want to sacrifice yourself, but also you still think that you're better than Lilith and that you don't need to sacrifice yourself." And like, it's just this whole egotistical shit show that is Sam Winchester right now. Exactly. Uh, we. It's. <sighs> And don't get me wrong, I will say, I'm still fascinated by the things he does. Because sure. they're, they're yeah. the bad things. That He's the antagonist in, in a lot of ways. Um, and that's why I, I, I like Sam so much. I, I like w- what brought him here. I like where he goes from here. All these different things. So I'm, I'm talking a lot of shit, but like, I th- it's good shit. Like, he's being a fucking idiot. I need to talk some shit about my boy here. <laughs> but like, I like it. I, I like that he's bad because it makes for a better television show. People love villains, right? Mm-hmm. Like people that that's been a that's been a truism for you know since we've I mean like probably from the beginning of time. Like I don't I'm not an ancient history <laughs> expert, but I, I guarantee you that like somebody wrote like a book about Job on a cave cave wall somewhere, and someone else was like, "What about this other motherfucker over here with the dark beard?" <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I don't think he's good. I don't think he's right, but I think he makes the show more interesting like this. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, 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 and I do too. Like when I, when I talk about like not liking Sam, I, it's very much, I don't like Sam. It's not that I don't like Sam's character. Like I find it very fascinating and interesting. I just, he's just a shitty person if he existed <laughs> yeah, in real life. He's, a he's shit just dog. a real, he's a shit bag. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention real quick before he makes this decision that, um, he does try to trick her with a devil's trap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, I find it interesting that number one, she sees it and then she leans down and touches it. And smudges it, and it just dissolves. Like even if she had felt fallen for it, it wouldn't have been strong enough to hold her. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I kind of like that world building a little bit of like, oh shit, we're gonna have to figure out something besides devil's traps to to hold these demons yeah. together. I'm not sure if they continue with that. I feel like they just decided the devil's trap will work after this because it's too much work to deal with. But <laughs> for now, um, so, maybe once she's inside of it, it can't do anything. I don't maybe, know. yeah, who knows? Um, so she 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 presents the steel and says, "Hey, I'll stop." 
I'll stop breaking seals. We're not going to summon Lucifer anymore. You let me kill you, and you let me kill Dean. And he says, yes, I'll do it. And uh, she leans down, and we've kind of seen, we saw a preview of this from Chuck's vision. She sits down on the bed and kind of pats the pats the bed next to her and says, uh, you know, but you to do my, to sign my deals, like, we're going to need to do more than kiss. And um, And he just goes for it, man. He just starts, like, making out with this demon chick. Yeah, he's he's going in for the kill, as it were. Um, and I think is this when he just he tries to pull the knife on her? Yeah, the demon knife is literally just on the nightstand, and he doesn't like. You figure he would try to distract her a little bit more than like two seconds of kissing, but I mean we're we're running up on time on this episode. Like we got forty two yeah. minutes, we're like at minute forty. So uh, he tries to get her with a knife, and of course that doesn't work. Um, she's about to freak out on him and kill him when Dean drags Chuck through the door. Yeah, and of course, just like Castiel said. This triggers a um, like a I guess this emergency protection service or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone dials heaven one one, and uh, like the wall starts shaking, and we see this light up. And uh, Dean explains this very quickly to Lilith about what's happening, and she just fucking jets. Yeah, she just leaves that body. She's like, no, thank you, bye guys. Mm-hmm. Great, great, that, that, <laughs> great seeing you again, Dean. Bye. That uh, that poor dental hygienist that she's wearing yeah. right now. That she drops <laughs> off there, but then she's just in that body again. So whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, also, they make a really weird point of saying that she's a dental hygienist. Like, <laughs> is it trying to say that all dental hygienists are like evil? That's why like demons go in them or something? I just like I, I, the only the only reason I even bring it up is because um, there's that um, there's that very brief line in the stand that I thought was like hysterical when I was twelve or thirteen. Um, I think it's Larry. That's what, what whatever shitbag good guy is. Um, he he wakes up in the morning like like as in the very beginning of the book, and he's like um, he remembers like the oral hygienist that he ran up to, and he's like, I don't know about the hygiene part, but she was great on the oral. And I'm like, is this what they're trying to go for? <laughs> like, are they trying to are they trying to sex this chick up a little bit by claiming she just went to school for two years and graduated? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, this is a this is a severe digression that we don't need to talk about anymore. Uh, <laughs> So Sam, uh, Sam and Dean jet, little jets, um, and then we go. Uh, basically, we just leave everybody in that hotel room except for uh, Chuck, and we see one last scene with Chuck, like kind of laying on the couch, and who shows up but Zachariah, mm-hmm. and uh, Zachariah basically says like, "Hey, you know, you're doing a great job. You know, you're all of this stuff is true. That they're not going to stop. You have to keep going. You have to do this work for us." And uh, Chuck says, "I'm just going to go upstairs and kill myself." And I love Zachariah's response: "Is don't be dramatic, Chuck. Like, we'll just bring you back. <laughs> like, <laughs> how fucking terrifying and horrible is that? Like, I'm, yeah. I am trapped to do this thing that I don't want to do." Yo, but uh, why why do they need him to do this? I don't know, man. Why do like, the angels need a prophet to write this shit down? Can it not come? to fruition if it's not written down in like the human world or some shit like that is there do they ever um, explain this (laughs) in the previous episode with anna and one of the episodes with anna um we she tells uh castiel like hey we don't you know you've never even seen god right like Mm -hmm. you've never talked to him only two people have or only like four of us have like we've always gotten his order secondhand so in my mind at this point this is the only word of God they have. I see, like this yeah. is the only guidance they have. And like, if this, if this is, if he's getting this from God, it must be important. He must be protected at all costs because it's a direct line back to the God that is, you know, apparently somewhere, but not accessible very much. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. I'm fine with that. I will say that they do some other explanations later in the series, but that's like 
up till right now, what we know, I think that's a yeah. pretty good. That's yeah. like a pretty good point. I'm good with that. Um, thoughts? Wrap up thoughts on this episode, Chris. Great Name episode. Sam, Sam going dark side. It's a great episode. Sam going dark side and and Dean coming fully. I feel like fully to terms with that and still not backing down from his brother. Still not willing to let him go, even though he knows where Sam's at. It really it speaks to volumes about this relationship because I don't know at this point that Sam would do this for Dean. Mm-mm. I think that past Sam would have. I think that. There's 13 seasons. I think future Sam will, you know. Uh, but right now, Sam, nope, no way. At this point in the story, we don't, we don't really know what all of Sam's deal yet. Um, there's obviously something important with Sam that we, we we haven't found out yet. Do you feel like he's redeemable at this point? I feel like I've asked you this question before, but as he's, as he's gone further and further, the fact that he didn't immediately try to sleep with Lilith says a lot about him. Does it say enough, you think? Right now... I don't I don't think that he does anything that's really redeemable. It's hard to say. It's like if you keep telling me not to drink and drive and I and I keep saying no, I won't do it and then I finally get in a car accident. And then I'm say I say I'm sorry and I'll never do it again and I never do it again. Am I redeemable? Because you told me a million times not to do it and then I did it and the bad thing happened. You know, it's like if you keep telling Sam not to go dark side and he finally goes dark side and then he comes back and says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gone dark side. Like, you can be forgiven, certainly. But Sam Winchester's in an awkward place right now. And I think it's going to take quite, quite a lot to get him out of the hole that he's dug for himself. Even if, uh, even if he got a totally clean slate by, you know, next episode. He was just like, I'm done with this, purges himself of demon blood, never touches it again for the rest of the show. It still doesn't change all the shit that he did and yeah. the way that he was acting. And I, I think that obviously that's kind of be part of the show is rebuilding a lot of shit because spoilers audience, it can't just be 13 years of Sam and Dean arguing nonstop. I mean, it's mostly that. But it's, it's a lot of arguing and secret keeping from one another. But like, it's, 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 it's about that, different yeah. shit. It's not just this one thing <laughs> for 13 years. <laughs> they really stretched out the demon. But they're still fighting Lilith, Chris. I don't know if you know that. Or not. <laughs> Guys, they're still fighting Lilith. <laughs> um, I, I find this episode really fascinating because it, it plays with those questions so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always am the one to talk about how it expands the mythos of the show. And like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy when the writers do that. Number one, like just the meta ness of this whole thing, I think is really, really super cool. Like it was one of the, it's not one of the first things that I've saw that have done this, but it's one of I did not expect it from this yeah. sort of media. I did not expect this teenage hunk drama about you know like ghost and shit to go full meta on me. Like I it's did not weird that, that they can make it funny and make it serious for like yeah, and, it makes and sense a, for the plot. <laughs> they do a really wonderful job of weaving those two, of walking that line, and it's, it's not something that a lot of shows can handle like you know um arrow and flash have both kind of played with this kind of stuff and on the same network and i think much to a much less successfully mm-hmm. um it also but so this winchester gospel thing is something that just fascinates me because up until this point we knew that um dean was the point person to cause it and he was also going to have to be the person to stop the apocalypse mm-hmm. we we just learned that but now like this is like they're writing gospels about this dude 
Um, there, I forgot to mention the throwaway line of uh, when Dean finds out that Chuck is a prophet. He's like, are you fucking kidding me, this guy? And Cassiel's like, you should have met Luke, which is a really good line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but finding out that they're that both of them, like it's the Winchester gospel. It's not Dean Winchester, right? Mm-hmm. Like find out that both of them have this extremely important place in the eyes of, of the Lord or what have you is super fun to me. Like it's just, it just makes it so huge. I cannot, I cannot wait to finish the rest of the season to, to find out like what all is like, I just want to know more, right? Like I just yeah. want to know more and more about everything that's happening. It's I, I, having to wait almost to even doing this podcast is like a little bit much like i've seen it before and i know what happens but like i need the emotional release of seeing it like i need to, i need to watch it we've talked about this before that uh like if i was just doing a normal rewatch um it'd be you know we've been going for six or seven months now and i would have been done with the rewatch already oh, yeah. like i would have probably just been watching like four or five episodes at a time and you know, just binging through them and having to slow that down and then having to go through them basically step by step with you is something that it's really expanded my, my knowledge of supernatural and made me appreciate it a lot more. So I'm, I'm into this show, Chris. Yeah. I don't know if you know that or not. I don't I'm feel burnt out either, which is nice. I don't either, man. There's some days where I have to like convince myself to like, okay, stop farting around, stop playing video games, sit down, watch the show, take your notes. But I'm not burnt out on Supernatural. Like, I, I was saying to you, I, I took a ton of notes on this first episode, and then the second two, way less notes, because I get distracted by watching Supernatural. Where I'm, I'm paying <laughs> a ton of, I'm paying close attention, which is important, but I forget to write shit down, because I'm just so into it. <laughs> it usually takes me about an hour of real time to watch an episode mm-hmm. of Supernatural, which is usually, you know, 41, 42 minutes, and it's because I do a lot of... Um, pausing to note down times for quotes in case we want to pull something out um i do a lot of rewinding to in case like i, I, I miss something and th- that, that kind of stuff like I, I just and then there's times where like i just literally i'm just looking at the screen <laughs> i'm just watching so like oh shit i probably should note something down hold on i gotta pause it and then i'll spend like three minutes just like typing all the stuff that just happened in the 10 minutes on the show so yeah it's fun times All right, Chris, let's get into the next episode, um, which is named, Oh God, I Can't Find My Notes, which is a really weird episode title. It's, such a, it's, it's called Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark. Uh, before we get way into it, um, you and I just had a conversation and decided that uh, even though we normally do three episodes per podcast episode, that these two episodes, specifically the, the first one, like is was a pretty meaty episode. We spent a lot of time talking about that last episode. Um, so... For this week, I think we're only going to cover these two, and then we'll mm-hmm. catch up with ourselves next week. Uh, I just I feel like if we keep going, <laughs> like yeah, I, the, thir- the third episode we would cover today is 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 a pretty meaty episode, and as well as this one. Like this episode introduces a fucking third Winchester, Chris. That's, <laughs> like, that's a sentence right there. <laughs> that's a sentence that I'm going to say out loud. We have a third Winchester in the frame that we that's, did not know about before. Yeah. So uh, the, and the thing th- with this is, we always do two episodes for season finales and uh, season premieres. Mm-hmm. But as the show goes on, especially season four and five, it's not just the the beginning and the ending of the season that's really important. It's many many episodes, especially these last like five of season mm-hmm. three are huge. So uh, hopefully, if the, if the audience doesn't mind too much, we can we can kind of slow it down to focus on just a couple of these um, for now, at least for for this episode. 
Yeah, and I think uh, what you'll find out, we'll, we'll do our best to schedule this stuff in advance to let you know what's going on, so we don't we don't spring it onto you as a surprise. But uh, what you'll probably find is this will expand and contract as time goes mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there could be a run of episodes like we saw with um, the magician episode uh, episode of the podcast, where there's three episodes that don't really need the kind of in depth talks that we we just did. Um, so we can combine three of those all into one episode of the yeah, podcast. Yeah. But especially season four and five, um, and probably season six is. It, it, we, we need to slow it down. We probably need to, to do like yeah. just two episodes at a time. So we need to give it anyway. better better attention to each episode. Yeah. Anyway, let's that, stop wasting time talking about the podcast. Yeah, why are we Did talking you? about this so much? <laughs> um, so our next episode is Jump the Shark. Um, Let me read you the, the Urban Dictionary definition of what Jump the Shark. Oh, please. Means I do. I do love to um, reference be, ur- Urban Dictionary. So I always knew this as the what it's a reference to uh, Happy Days. Is that what it is? No, not Happy Days. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Happy yeah, Days. No, happy Days. Where mm-hmm. uh, Fonzie literally jumps over a shark on his motorcycle. Am I correct in this? On skis. On actually. skis. Like, okay. He, okay. He, yeah. <laughs> which is why there's a shark there. <laughs> so I haven't. Yeah. I don't. That's why I was like, motorcycle shouldn't be in the water. Anyway, I, I, I have actually seen that as a child. I'm. Um, if that makes you feel any better, Jeremy. Um, but okay, jump the shark means a term to describe a moment when something that was once great has reached a point where it will now decline in quality and popularity. <laughs> nice. Oh, I think literally right there it says the origin of this phrase comes from Happy Days episode when the Fonz jumped a shark on water skis. <laughs> Thus was yeah, labeled the lowest point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny to name an episode like this, Jump the Shark, and then to also introduce a previously unknown brother, which is the most soap opera thing you can do without giving one of your mm-hmm. characters amnesia. I, or, or or introducing an evil twin. Like, it's 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 the trifecta, right? I should have looked this shit up. Maybe I'll do it for the feedback episode. How long was this planned? Was this a last-minute decision? Um, what, what is this, like, what is the context for making another Winchester brother? And it's going to be something that pays off eventually. Uh, we're not going to talk about that now. Um, but it's, again, it just, it feels like something that, like, oh, this will be fun to play with. Like, this will fuck with the boys' emotions and let's see, you know, how they're going to handle having this third Winchester brother here. But it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Like I said, it's, it's a very soap opera plot line. Yeah. And that's obviously why they named the episode what they did. It's overall, it's not a bad episode, but when you really are thinking about it, you're like, what the fuck? Like, if they had been building up to this point for, like, a whole season, you'd be like, yeah, they're finally meeting the other Winchester that we've known about, but they haven't. But it's just out of fucking left field. <laughs> it's so out of left field. And it, it even feels that way, too, right? Like, it, it just, I mean, it starts just normally. For, let's let's read the description first. Um, uh, written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, directed by Phil. Mm-hmm. You really need to pronounce that dude's name, because he's, Segretia? like, going to be all Is over it. it? Segretia. Okay. Uh, Sam and Dean agree to meet with a 19-year-old man named Adam, who claims to be John Winchester's son, but they suspect that he's really a demon attempting to trap them. Um, he's played by by Jake Abel, which I, th- I think he's he's just like the goofiest looking dude I've ever seen in my life. Like he's he's almost a hunk, which yeah. means he's like so far away from hunk time. Jess was saying something about him, like it, he looks like like a doughy version of Dean or something. He kind of does. Yeah, he kind of looks like somebody just took Dean and like just. just Put him in some Play-Doh, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then like just stretched him a little bit. I mean, it's, it feels mean to be talking shit because like he's a good, he's a good enough looking dude to be on fucking TV. I'm not, but yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely not. But so. what he's a Winchester next to Sam and Dean and like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's an old hunk. Like <laughs> you could hunk sure, in your blood. Yeah. Come on, guy. Um, 
but we open with like a t- pretty typical uh, like everyday supernatural episode, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just it's just Sam um, Winchester brushing his teeth in front of the Impala, like you always do. Does that happen? Does that happen first? I thought that was. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the first one is like this chick who we don't know, like running away from something oh, in her of house, course. and Pulled then it. Open. And then it gets dragged, and she gets dragged under her bed, and, and like disappears. And that's when we see the boys waking up for some some rough sleep. Man, like Dean's passed out in the back. Sam's brushing his teeth, like standing up in this middle in the middle of fucking nowhere. But again, um, just showing like the random shit that they do. They've been driving too long. They're too far from a motel. They just pull over at a field and go to sleep. Like I, I just love that they they keep filling out the time or in the, the things that the boys do when they're not just hunting. It's I, I really really enjoy it. This is stuff that I ask for. This is content that yeah, I crave. It's like Chris. you know at the beginning of the season in the writers' room, they're like, okay, this season we want to add. You know, when you're writing your script, make sure to add something along the lines of you know the boys doing a casual thing while plot is happening because they got to yeah. do their laundry. Sam has to wash his gigantic darks. His <laughs> gigantic darks, Chris. They're so gigantic. <laughs> um. So John's Winchester's phone rings because Dean still keeps it around because, you know, he's Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this kid named Adam who claims to be John Winchester's son once Dean says that he's dead. Um, and Dean is so immediately and over the top distrustful. And Chris agreed 100%. <laughs> he should be, right? Like, this is yeah. the appropriate reaction for this. Sam's like, let's hear him out kind of bullshit. I get it. But I feel like Dean is doing the work here. I feel like Dean is reacting to the point of him not he's not pissed because he thinks it's a demon using their father's name which is what he says he's pissed about i think that he's pissed Mm -hmm. about the fact that his dad might have had another son i think that's what really would drive dean the craziest oh and we're we're gonna see that like once we confirm (laughs) the the patronage or whatever like we're we're definitely gonna see this um but right now he's just so so mad like he he really believes like he's he's setting up all of these things right like they're gonna meet this kid in a diner so uh the waitress comes over and he's just like casually mean to the waitress which seems kind of weird in this whole thing like it's because he's stressed out (laughs) yeah (laughs) normally he would like be i think and i think that's what they're doing is like normally he would be kind of flirtatious with this chick right like he would Mm -hmm. try to like do his dean charm but he's so focused on proving that adam is something that he is that he's not, he he doesn't even pay any attention. In fact, he's rude to her. He's like, um, his family unit is at stake, where Sam, who is the one who went off to college on his own, and we saw a lot of this stuff in the previously on for this episode. You know, Sam was all about doing his own thing, so he's like, of course John was doing his own thing. He was, that man wasn't a monk. I think that's his quote. Exactly. That, that is a direct line from the, <laughs> from the episode, yeah. Like, and and there's some further evidence, too, of, uh, like, they go through Dad's diary and all of a sudden find two pages being torn mm-hmm. out, which... I would have probably looked at it and immediately gone to investigate. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like, especially after finding the uh, that lockup in Chicago with all of the weird artifacts, but yeah, nobody ever guys. thinks about it anymore. Um, I don't know why I keep bringing that thing up. I'm sorry, I just stuck in my mind. You just want it back. <laughs> I guess I do. I want I want another episode with it. Um, so Dean lays some traps. Uh, as the waitress brings over water, he replaces the uh, real water with holy water. He replaces the silverware on the counter uh, with silver, actual silver mm-hmm. silverware. And um, so he can prove that it's not either a demon or a shapeshifter. Uh, Adam comes in, and they're not telling them that he's that they're Winchesters, right? They're just kind of pretending to be John's friends. Uh, but Adam like passes the both tests. Like he uses the silverware, he drinks the water, and then he tells well, the Dean story has about a loaded gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't mention that, did I? Oh my god. He's like, cocked he that shit like, like hair trigger about to kill this kid. 
oh, Jesus Christ. Like, and again, I, I said it at the beginning, I'm kind of into it. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit into it. It's <laughs> over the top, but at the same time, like, what have these brothers been through? Like, mm-hmm. it's so implausible to think that this dude would just pop up, especially during the fucking apocalypse, that I'm, I'm kind of into Dean proving that he's not. He's getting a little aggro with it at this point. The gun may be a little too much. That's <laughs> true, but yeah, it, it's it's understand. This is what Dean would do. Like, I don't think that this is incorrect mm-hmm. characterization here. Um, so he says he tells them like basically John came into town. His mom would never uh, talk about him, and that at some point he started asking questions, and then they they started hanging out. Like he just like he would come and take me to a baseball yeah. game. And, and the kid mostly grew up without John, but it, it it adds in the nice little detail that basically once his mom finally got in touch with John, told him, "Hey, uh, we have a son." He was there in a second. You know, as much as John was a shitty dad, he. It wasn't that shitty. He he came back. He would come for Adam's birthdays and all that stuff. And there's there's some really bad photoshops of oh, this. They're the John worst. I Adam could do better together. than that. You you have you have done for that. <laughs> go, go look at the art, man. Like you have done way better than these pictures. Um I I, I have to imagine that uh somebody just has a lot of fun with those yeah, when they have sure. to make them. Because you have to make them so big for them to show up on a mm-hmm. on an actual screen that uh but man Dean sees this picture of a baseball game and is like, he took you to baseball games? And is, you could just, like, he is just so mad jealous. Like, he's tw- it's twisted now. He actually believes this dude, and now that he believes the dude, it's worse. It would have been better yeah. if he was a demon or a shapeshifter in Dean's eyes. Now, I don't know when it comes up, but I, I feel like we should we can just talk about it now if you want. Like, just yeah. the whole discussing of their relationship and, like, Sam kind of being like, what we got was better. Which is so crazy coming from Sam. But... Like the, yeah, dad taught us how to protect ourselves. Dad taught us about the things that were out there in the dark. And like, yeah, I didn't want to hear it when I was a kid. But Sam is just in such kill Lilith apocalypse mode that he has, he thinks that this has just always been what it should be. Like, oh, well, yeah, I was pissed about it when I was a teenager and wanted to go to college, but now I'm ready to fight in the apocalypse. And like, the apocalypse would be happening whether I was ready for it or not. Um... So I'm, I think that we got the better dad out of the situation because this kid, he doesn't know anything. He was just going to baseball games and going to school like an idiot, which is just and they, and then, so and opposite Sam, of Sam. Sam proceeds to tell this kid literally everything, mm-hmm. like their whole deal, like just laying out the family business for everybody to see. And, you know, we hunt ghosts. I don't know that they specifically mention apocalypse stuff, but Sam starts immediately teaching him how to like clean guns, which just seems like a way to get somebody to clean your guns yeah. when you don't want to. Because <laughs> Dean, um, Dean doesn't want him doesn't want Adam knowing anything about any of this. Um, Cause I think there's a, there's a line about, um, I know what Dean said, but I also know what it's like to want revenge because exactly. not only is, uh, you know, Adam finding out that his, his dad, John is dead, but also the cold open was his mom disappearing. And well, we know she's RIP, but Ad- Adam's upset. You know, his, his mom, he pretty much thinks his mom is dead. Like this is not good. Um, and, and Dean pretty much confirms this because the the mom, like they trace the mom's like, <laughs> you know, steps basically and find like scratch marks going underneath the bed. They move the bed and then there's like an air conditioning grate, which Chris, I, I'm sorry, listeners. Sometimes I get real persnickety about details, but number one, why would you put a bed on top of an air conditioning vent? That's because you don't want to be cold. But, you don't want to be comfy. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. And then he opens this grate and then falls into, like, 
commercial air conditioning system that exists yeah. in this house. Like this house must be literally in a warehouse. It's ridiculous. Makes no sense. Although I do like that they no do sense. the rock paper scissors thing again. Yep. Um, and Dean loses because he didn't choose. I don't know if this is like the again. second or third time that they've done it. But Sam doesn't like. I, he doesn't do anything. Like he is the most nonchalant. Like, yep, I'm going rock because Dean every single time goes for scissors, and Dean even calls it uh, out as he's doing it. I don't. I don't want to say anything. I don't. Want, I don't want to bring up a whole thing. But do you remember the last time that they did this? Um, is this a, is the last time they did this when uh, uh, Samuel, our friend Samuel Winchester, hung out with a woman named Madison? That's the that's the one. Interesting. So they he knows he, he gets was, he gets lucky. <laughs> yep, he has been. That's a that's a Pavlovian reaction right there. Um, anyway, uh, he, he Dean confirms that his mom is that's Adam's mom is dead because he crawls into this completely preposterous air conditioning vent system and finds a bunch of like flesh and dead flesh and skin and like all torn to bits stuff. It was really really super gross. Um. I think, I think this is where that th- this whole conversation happened that you mentioned, where Adam yeah. shows up at their apartment. And is like, you guys aren't who you claim to be, and this is where they lay out the whole Winchester family deal. They've been um, they've been building this thing basically. I mean, there is a reveal of like, yeah, actually, uh, we're we're your brothers, and um, mm-hmm. Adam's actually very excited about this. But it's this whole thing of there was a case here nineteen years ago, and. Uh, they stopped whatever it was, and basically everybody being killed now is related to what happened then. Uh, this is essentially, spoilers, monster revenge. Yep. Mm-hmm. So as Sam and is talking about, you know, I know what it's like to want revenge, all this stuff, um, Adam, wink wink, is like, yeah, me too, dog. And there's this uh, neat exchange where Adam's like, okay, so... Um, you so dad died by this demon and um you guys killed it and he says yeah absolutely and uh adam says well is it is it over for you then and sam says it's never over yeah (laughs) full fucking like uh you know like i can't believe we haven't made this comparison before chris where are we at because we keep saying dark side this dude is full fucking kylo ren right (laughs) oh yeah he's totally kylo ren I don't, I don't. Have we said that on the podcast before? But I don't he feels think so. he feels super Kylo. I've Ren. said Anakin, yeah. but you know, same thing. Same, basically same thing. Except you know, one's whiny and one's not. And one's looking um, up to his own father or his grandfather. And... True. Uh, Dean goes to investigate this random tomb where he finds like some people broke out of a tomb, and then like he he's the one that actually goes and does the research and mm-hmm. talks to this other dude's wife, who like talks about basically tells lays out the story of like, oh yeah. My husband was a cop, and he told me he had some help on this case that he would never take the claim that some man came in, like you know, kind of outlining mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. whole thing. Uh, Dean comes back just in time to find Sam being drugged underneath Adam's car <laughs> by yeah. this thing, which where there's a sewer. Surprise, surprise! So now they know it's something in the sewers. Yeah. Um, I don't know what point it happens at, but there's a little shift with Sam because this whole episode, you think like he's being like he. he at first, I almost thought he was being the older brother that he never got to be, because he's always been the younger brother, and now he's kind of taking the reins and saying, hey, Adam, you know, this is the kind of thing that my brothers, or my brother and my father showed me, and now I'm going to show you, like, I'm passing it on in a way. And it, mm-hmm. you would think, like, oh, in, in a weird, fucked up way, like, that's kind of nice that he's having this brotherly moment, even though he doesn't know him, he has this, you know, kinship with him. But as soon as they figure out what they're dealing with, and that the, the monster in this episode is... uh one that is 
going for revenge. They just fucking use Adam as bait, or Sam wants to use Adam as bait. Sam immediately wants to hang this dude out to dry, and and ha- there's some conversation that him and like at one point he's teaching uh, Adam how to shoot, and it's like, oh, you're a natural or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Dean calls him over, and they have this conversation, and Sam's like, yeah, I want to use him as bait. Um, you know, he he may be our brother, but to everyone else, he's just a piece of meat. Uh, you know, none of this is real. None of this matters. The only thing that matters is the apocalypse. He's a Winchester. He's already cursed. Like. Yeah. Fuck, Sam. Like, lay off your family just Sam's a little a, bit. Dean Sam's has done dark everything to protect you. <laughs> yeah, Sam is like... Uh, do you think they told Jared Padalecki to get fucking jacked as shit for this season? Because that makes him seem like more of the bad guy. That he's just huge now. He's not like the scrawny kid with the little emo hair like brushed over his uh, forehead. Like, this dude's huge. And he's just doing evil things. If you're, you know, if you're season four on this show and you're, you're looking at some demographics and I would, I would imagine that, you know, cause a lot of supernatural fans are women. Like you're looking at this and you're like, okay, how do I make, like, I want to confer, I want to have a job as for as long as possible. Like if a bunch of women are looking at this, I'll make myself as hunky and sexy as possible. But I think it also plays into him being juiced up by demon blood. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of has like that steroid connotation. So I don't know if it was purposeful that they kind of started filming him that way. So he's a little overbearing, a little bit more in people's faces yeah. where, you know, we, we've caught it out in the past where they would be having a conversation and Sam is like six feet away so that he fits in the frame. Yeah. Um, they definitely so, started playing into his physicality more. Like, yeah, I mean, it started in season three, but that was still more like he's just you know he's the big lovable idiot, whatever, trying to help his brother with the stupid psychic visions and all these things. And but then he kills Gordon, and it's crazy violent. And then basically, since season four on, everything has just been like his physicality is different now. And of course, that's just the actor working out. But like you said, it has this other connotation. He's not just a tall dude anymore. He's a huge dude. And everything he's doing is evil. And Dean, like, Jensen Ackles looks the same. Like, from season one to season 13, like, dude pretty much always looks the same. But Sam changes a lot. And I feel like sometimes, maybe I'm just reading into it because I read into everything, but it's like almost like the way he looks plays a little bit into, like, how his character is. I, I'm with you. I, th- I think the writers, or maybe not the writers, but the um, you know the blockers on the set or the director probably probably does that. And that may be the reason why, because they go through different directors so often. And that, I remember reading something, know. some him talking about his own hair, saying, "Oh, it's like so long now," or something in some interview, and him being like, "Yeah, I wanted to do it back like in season one to cover my huge forehead, but they won't let me. Like I'm supposed to look like this now." So, which is, I mean, that's good for everybody, Sam, but yeah, true. It is interesting to think like, are they, you know, where Dean is kind of the static at the same look all the time. Do they play with Sam's, um, image to, to shape how he's acting or, or the type of character he is, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, I, I like it. I like, I think making him be this villain character, making him turn bad, uh, making him like drink this demon blood and also like feel physically threatening to people around him. I think really, really works for the show. So at this point, Dean gets mad and like storms off more or less. Um, and then from there on, we, we kind of have two plot lines. Uh, Dean is trying to figure out what's going on and he goes into another tomb or something, finds like a hidden passageway and goes into what is very obviously a nest where he finds the bodies of, both Adam's mom and surprise Adam himself. So um, Sam and Dean never meet Adam because I originally thought that what point in the episode did they lose the real Adam and the fake Adam showed up? Nope. The Adam who called them on the phone was the fake Adam. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's around the same point where uh, 
Adam does his heel turn with Sam and basically like smashes him in the face with the gun and ties him up for him and his mom to eat. Um, so both of these things are happening simultaneously. Uh, Dean gets trapped in this tomb place and then like has to do like a little arrow move to get out where he like lifts himself up by the bar, which yeah. looked cool in 2009, but sorry dog <laughs> arrow does this shit like in the middle of the air, 10 feet up and like yeah. it's crazy looking. Um, Jesus Christ, that dude is so fucking like just Olympic class. They whatever. make fun of that dude so much. Jared. And know, it's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> you see them on Conan making fun of him. I have, I watched the, uh, I watched the keg stand, um, but I did not watch the, uh, I haven't watched the full segment yet. It was I need something to, I need about how, uh, they, Conan was asking them if they would ever do a crossover with arrow. Like, you know, could something like that ever happen? And he, and Sam was, or Jared was basically like, yeah, but we have to get him like a, you know, uh, an egg crate to stand on or something. Cause it's just, <laughs> he's just so small. <laughs> Dude's probably like six feet tall, but Jared and Jensen are both huge. We forget Jensen's like six three. He's he's a big guy. Aren't you six? He's three? a big dude. Yeah. Um. So Dean figures out a way to leave. Meanwhile, Adam and his mom um, have tied Dean. Or excuse me, have tied Sam up and uh, are cutting him like. And it gets it kind of ramps up. Like this is kind of horrifying. Like mm-hmm. the mom especially is like cutting on various parts of his body and like sucking his blood out. Mentioning for the viewers, like, oh wow, this this tastes a little different. Um, yeah, but I, the the these ghouls, which they are finally identified as, I guess were were they the son or the, like were they the kids of the ghoul that John Winchester hunted? Yeah, what, it was basically yeah. it's the family of the ghoul that nineteen years ago John Winchester hunted, and they're yeah. almost a little bit justified or like they're like a monster parallel to the Winchester family mm-hmm. because they're like, yo, our uh, our father that you killed. He just ate dead bodies. Like, wh- fuck off. Like, we didn't hurt people, but now mm-hmm. we do because your dad... But now we definitely do, like, yeah. You know, why'd you have to go and do this? Um, so They also do the uh, zombie thing of when they eat somebody, they kind of have all of their memories, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they, they confirm to Sam that, like, oh, yeah, this was definitely this was definitely your brother, and he, he died screaming. Like, he was... he. he it was. It's not a good thing. And Sam's a little fucked up about this. Like you can tell, he's emotionally and not not to mention physically. While all of this conversation is happening, uh, Adam's mom is just continually carving the dude up. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. stop. But it, it's kind of gruesome and scary. The shit that they do to Sam is actually yeah. Like uh, his reaction after the fact is like, oh shit. Like he's bleeding out. Like they slashed his wrists, and you just see him like asking Dean for help because he's just gushing blood. I'm like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is some dark imagery here. Like, do you think it's supposed to stay, to mean something? Can we, can we, can we dig mm, that deep? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I have to say that uh, knowing, now knowing, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know details, I've, and I have not really looked up anything, even to what he said publicly about it, but knowing that Jared has had those issues with mental health the way that he's had, mm-hmm. um, like, I'm sure doing scenes like this are, has to be fairly difficult for mm-hmm. him. Like, you know, even simulating this stuff can be extremely for sure. triggering. So I, I can only imagine, you know, what, what that would go through with somebody. So hopefully that wasn't, you know, part of that, that yeah. whole process, but who, who knows? Um, luckily Dean shows up and, uh, Sam shouts out their ghouls, which de- immediately makes Dean show. Oh yeah. Headshots. And he just headshots yeah. the two of them. No hesitation. Just like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I got this. <laughs> Finally. I know if I can kill something. It's the highlight um, of Dean's day right there. 
I think he headshots the mom, and then there's a fight between him and Adam, and he just like has to beat the shit out of the. Oh Adam my god! Right? Yeah, he goes crazy on him. I forgot about yeah. that. He just he is he, he is hits, not enthusiastic hits. about this. It's like is he angry because this was the person saying he was in his family, or like what? There, he's taking something out on him here, and I don't know if it's just defensiveness for Sam, but like he really he goes for it. he just this is some Sam Winchester shit that Dean's doing. That's all I'll say. Well, he's got um. Like there's 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 multiple things that that Dean is working with. Number one, he's he's got the emotional roller coaster of I thought this dude was a monster, the dude was actually my brother, and now he's actually a monster. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's one thing. And then he's also got the um, this dude was actually my brother, and he, my dad was a way better dad to him than he was me. Like they, I'm jealous of that. Like that's this is a mm-hmm. big thing. Like this is a, I wish this could have been me. I wish I could have had this kid's life. And then third, like. I still have to deal with my shitty demon blood drinking <laughs> brother. <laughs> so there's a lot of aggression that Dean needs to work out of all yeah. of this. <laughs> He's sorting some things out. I think it's fair to say. Um, I like that they, they go back and they collect the bodies uh, and they decide to give, they, they just show Adam, but I have to imagine they do it with his mom too. They give him like the Hunter's funeral where mm-hmm. they wrap him up and Adam looks so tiny. Cause he's just like all like skeletal or whatever. He looks so tiny in this funeral, but yeah, they, 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 they light him up and salt his bones and burn him. Yeah. Um, sorry, Adam. Sam says something along the lines of like, "Oh, he deserved it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he he deserves a hunter's. He died funeral. a hunter's death, so he deserves the hunter's uh, funeral. I think, or, or something to that extent. Yeah. I don't remember the exact line. Um, that's so sweet. And then, Sam. no, oh, that's very nice, Sam. Thank you. She <laughs> wanted to use this guy as meat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sweetheart. <laughs> Uh, and then we we wrap up with Dean and Sam kind of having this this conversation, and Dean has a. a, a I wrote in my notes that Dean has an epiphany, but it, it seems like he's just now thinking this for the first time, despite like having said it verbally in the show mm-hmm. before, of just realizing exactly how much Sam and John are alike. That you know, they're they were they're just they're just ruthless in their quest to to end these kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, they they won't stop, and they'll they'll bring their family with them, and they'll do whatever they can, and. Sam looks at him and says, thank you, Dean. That was very nice of you. And yeah. Dean's like, that wasn't a fucking compliment, homie. He says, I'll take that as a compliment. The last line of the episode is take that however you want. Um, and it obviously it's Jensen and he's just giving us, us just a great speech here about, you know, listen to the same music as him, all that stuff. Tried, tried his whole life just to act like John Winchester. But Sam's the one who's really like John Winchester. And I think it's almost like Sam Sam thinks, like I said, Sam thinks that what John did for them now at this point in his life, he thinks, you know, John did did us right. He taught us how to fight monsters, and now we can fight monsters. We're not helpless, you know, dolls in in the apocalypse now. We can we can kick ass against it. But Dean now realizing, like, just the other side, like, what if Dad had taken me to a baseball game? He was an obsessive yeah. freak, and he ruined my life. And Sam, you're an obsessive freak, and you're ruining my life. And Sam's like, like oh, if, thank you. That's so nice. It's it seems like um, if I was Dean, I would look at this and I would I would feel like this is a betrayal from John because not only are you taking away my childhood, right? Like you you take away my childhood so that I I had to be this person, I had to be this hunter that you wanted me to be. I was trying to be as much as possible like you, and then you gave me your your obsessive quest. Like you you, I I did everything in my power to protect this family to get revenge on the thing that killed mom, and then now beyond that, I'm still hunting down the things that are affecting this family. And I think he did that on the basis of like John is doing this with me. Mm-hmm. So there's a betrayal here, and that now finding out years later that he was stealing off and just going to hang out and have father son time. Like if I was Dean, I'd be looking at it like, wait, 
why couldn't you just do that with me? Like, why couldn't we take a couple of days off and go to a baseball game? Like, why do we, if, if you could afford to do that with somebody else, why not me and Sam? And I know it's because they're, you know, they're saying it's John was trying to keep this kid safe. Sam and Dean were already in mm-hmm. it. They couldn't get out of that life, but they, you know, Adam, he deserved to not be part of this, but it's still, yeah. Dean, Dean and Sam's reactions to this are just a, another one of those things that are so telling for their mental states, for their characters, like who they are. And that's one of the strongest things about Supernatural is that every episode, almost every episode, except for maybe the Magician one, has something that forward. I mean, this is obviously a main important episode, but even if it mm-hmm. wasn't, it, there's always something that characterizes the boys a little bit more. It's it's kind of fascinating. Like the more that Dean gets to know the Winchester family, the more you feel like he just does not like it at all. Mm-hmm. He'll do anything to protect it. But it's like I used to say about um, when my sister was like in her teenage years. Um, you know, I, I love her to death, but I don't particularly like the chick that much. Like because yeah. she was just she was a teenage girl. She was awful to be around. Like it was just a thing. <laughs> but but that, and I feel like that that's how Dean views Sam at this point. Like I, I love you to death. I will do literally anything for you. I will try my best. But like you can just tell that Dean is just tired of hanging out with this dude. Like I don't I don't want to keep he- dealing with all of your bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I will. But man, how much time do you think has passed since season three? I know there was four months in between that passed, mm-hmm. but then it's been, what, maybe? It's like probably got to be coming up on a year since like the end of season three, right? And just to think how much has changed in a year. Because you picture, you know, Dean is ready to go to hell last year to the point where, you know, that's got bringing its own drama. But the brothers seemed so much closer then. And you picture a moment like them in the Impala sing and Bon Jovi together. And like, yeah, yeah. Picture that happening Badly. in season four. <laughs> yeah, awful. Um, but picture that happening in season four. It, it would be weird. No, no. It's and in a way that feels like. And I'm. I know we're going to get moments with the brothers, and they're going to they're going to have the, those family moments. But in a way, it, it feels like Dean going to hell was the the thing that kind of just drove this this wedge w- between them. And there's always going to be something there. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even not even talking about future episodes, future series seasons, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like just talking about right now, like it just it started there, and they have not been able to come to terms with the way to relate to one another, and it, it's getting worse because you know Sam is is doing his you know his thing. He's he's kind of going villainous and what, for what he thinks is the the right reason, yeah. and Dean is realizing that, especially once he got off that that rack and started torturing people, and he lived those forty years of torture that the ends doesn't necessarily justify the means. Like mm-hmm. if that's, if it's just blood and death at the end, why are we wasting time? Why don't we go to that baseball game? Or as he says, why don't we go to the grand Canyon? <laughs> right. Yeah, he's always saying that. <laughs> Dean has never seen the grand Canyon. Poor guy. But even bringing up like stuff from last episode with Sam saying, Dean's not Dean anymore ever since hell, you know, yeah, in the whole, too. you're, you're holding me back. You're not strong enough. All of these things. Now, obviously this is lies being fed into Sam's brain. And a lot of it's, you know, his own, uh, his own ego. This is a lot of his own messed up shit and also just the outside factors affecting him. But it's just the line in the sand drawn, like Sam's no longer a brother. He's, he's an agent of the apocalypse or whatever. Like he's so focused on fighting that he, he doesn't know how to be a rational human, let alone a good brother. Yeah. Man, this fucking show, Chris. Yeah. This fucking show. 
<laughs> let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's. Um, do, do you, I think we. I'm good on the last episode. Are you? Do you feel like you yeah. have some more things to talk about, or you no, think we're good? I'm good. You're good. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for leaving iTunes reviews. We really appreciate it. That can drastically help us grow the show. Mm-hmm. It just pushes us up in the iTunes charts and gets us new listeners. And don't worry, we won't forget about you guys. You are you're OG listeners. You'll always be there for oh, us, yeah. hopefully. Never forget. And we'll always be there for you. But we also want new listeners too at the same time. So, <laughs> um, if you got questions for us, we've got next week's episode will probably be the last episode before the feedback episode so get those questions in um i got a i got a hot fuck mary kill or excuse me fuck mary hunt from autumn the other day um so we we're into that um we got some other questions but monster of the cool slash contact is the best way to get us yeah. you can also hit us up on twitter you can email us or you can send us a dm send us a facebook comment don't ask us on tumblr though because i don't think i get notifications for that and i might miss it um <laughs> so try anything but tumblr i guess and maybe instagram Chris, you, you can send us instagram messages stuff. on instagram we've got like two so yeah yeah i forgot about that that's um, the one where you have to talk so, to me and not jeremy <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah if you if you want to be on the feedback show anything is open um you know we we try to keep it spoiler free for future seasons but we would talk all about seasons one two three and four and um maybe dip into some spoiler territory if we need to and we'll have a guest for that as well so that'll be a lot of fun um i think that's it do you want to talk about anything else i think um Everybody can look forward to some exciting plans in the future that I I think yeah. that people will enjoy. We might have to suffer for it, but it'll be great. <laughs> I don't I don't want to tease too much, but but there's some things cooking. We yeah. got a, we got a we got a pot with some water boiling on the stove. Like we don't know what we're going to put in that pot yet, no. but, it's, but we're going to get it hot. Just we're going like to get two it years, hot, and you're going to get some extra content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so thank you everybody for listening that's that's what matters the most yeah. though um you can find me on twitter at jg greer you can find chris on twitter at local bones you can find the podcast on twitter at motw cast thanks and we'll see you next week bye thanks guys bye So, so real quick before we actually head out, mm-hmm. um, we, we got to talk about Richard's song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, um, our friend Richard, <laughs> aka at Revitar mm-hmm. on Twitter, um, host one half of the host of the We're Not Wizards podcast, which you can find at wearedefinitelywizards.com. Um, I don't know if you knew I, I, I registered that, that domain yeah. the other day. I was so confused <laughs> as to what you were doing that day. And have you spelled it out for me? <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's a really great guy. His We're Not Wizards podcast does, um, they, they cover board games and things like that, uh, card games. And, um, I've guested on it once. Um, Chris, you, all you have to do is play a board game. You can go guest on that podcast. If he asked me to come on. I was like, sometime. I've never played a board game. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you should buy, uh, you should buy the Mr. Darcy game for Jess. Is she a sense and sensibilities kind of girl? She's a, uh, she's a hunk kind of girl now. Okay. It's all about supernatural. We see that supernatural clue every time we go to the store and she's like, I'll buy yep, it for you. Yep. And I'm like, I can't let you mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to happen one day. <laughs> um, I actually, man, supernatural clue, huh? Like, is it Crowley in the bedroom with the, with, <laughs> with the demon knife? knife? Yeah. What... <laughs> it's called the Ruby's <laughs> knife. Okay. It's canon. Okay. Okay. So if we ever, the, if the four of us, you, Jess and me and Autumn are in the same room, we are totally playing supernatural clue together. Like that has are. to happen. Of course we are. Of course we are.
Anyway, um, Richard is a really nice dude, and um, you might recognize his his voice because the last few episodes um, he covered the uh, "Carry On My Wayward Son," so he's he's the guy singing at the beginning of every episode lately. Um, he said, "Like, hey, I want to do a whole theme song for you guys," and we said, "You you should not do that. Like, you should have better uses of your time." And um, then he just sent us one, and he covered all of Superstition. <laughs> by Stevie Wonder uh, and made it about this podcast and about this show and it is fucking hilarious it's, and we're going to play it like, truly right stellar. now <laughs> it's truly stellar it, it, I mean the best part about it to me is that it obviously shows that he's been listening to the podcast like there's in jokes in there that That's I great. just I adore right so it's it's all great um, we're going to play it now you should listen to the whole thing it's very very funny and then uh, we'll have outtakes after this but just a huge shout outs to Richard and thank you, thank you so much. And definitely go to uh, wearedefinitelywizards.com to find his podcast. Thanks, man. Very supernatural. It's Monster of the Week. This supernatural podcast with Chris and Jeremy. Those hunks been batting demons Seven Venus such a blast Those boys done 13 seasons Will the Winchester boys last So when you need some help Some you don't understand And you need hunks We're in Moser my hunks where my hunks at all right oh well 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 what's up who it is oh my oh my lord what was going on there can you hear me? <laughs> it sounded real bad for a second. What's up with well, that? Well, well, What did you do to oh, your computer? Uh, did you did you spill something on it? What's happening? Oh, does it sound terrible? It on? sounds perfectly <clears throat> fine. Yeah, it was just weird for a I second. I think it might be it's just my voice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I need to bless my ass for you. Because Daddy needs to get paid. Honestly, I gotta tell you one thing, boss. Uh, Daddy needs to get paid. Daddy needs to get paid. <laughs> <clears throat> I 
I should clear the old uh, the old throat up, huh? Yeah, get the get that old money maker limbered up, man. We're ready to get we we'll get hey, down. There we go. I'm good. <laughs> That's how I warm up now. Just give a little hey, hey. hey. It's like Tom Haverford every time he says no in Parks and Rec. No, no, uh, it's so good. Gary and I have been having some audio issues when recording Days of Future Cast. Like our our Skype connection is real bad. I don't know if it's on his side or my side. It doesn't really matter. But um, he does this thing. He's like, let me let me see what the delay is like. Every time I say hey, you say ho. So we do like this hey ho exchange to figure out how long the delay is. And I just feel like he's trolling me. I think he just wants me to uh, be his hype. Yeah, <laughs> you sound perfectly like perfect right now. There's no. Can't use perfectly as a what an adverb, yeah, and then use. You it can as definitely a, use perfectly perfect. I'll take that. I'll, I'll yeah, accept it. Feels like you're right on the other side of this microphone, which is very close to my body. So I'm Ooh, gonna need you back up man, a I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go a little closer, Chris. <laughs> I'm gonna get a little closer. <laughs> Nothing else matters. <laughs> Never opened myself this way. <laughs> I watched episode two with my dad, and mm-hmm. oh my god, this man has been watching this television show for, what, seven years now? And he doesn't seem to have any idea what's going on, but he loves it, and I don't understand where his love comes from, because he doesn't know anybody's name, what anybody's doing. Tyrion was on screen talking about Casterly Rock. My yeah. dad goes, who's from Casterly Rock? I go, <laughs> Tyrion. Tyrion. And, he, and he goes, who's Tyrion? <laughs> That motherfucker on screen. <laughs> Out of any character, you should probably remember. Like Tyrion is probably up there, right? Like uh, Tyrion is the yep. is the person. Um, I'm telling you, I mean, so for supernatural, it's still cause, cause, Dean and Sammy to him. So Dean and Sammy, yeah. Yep. Um, my dad is exactly the opposite about Game of Thrones. <laughs> He's completely 100 percent obsessed with it, and like calls me with lore theories. Like today. <sighs> I was calling him up, and uh, I think I've told you this before, but I work with my dad, right? Like, I, I work mm-hmm. for the company that he owns. And uh, I'm calling him up. I'm like, hey, do we have such and such in stock? And he's like, no, dog, we don't. We've got two in order. We'll be here in a couple of weeks. I'm like, all right. And I'm in the middle of a field, and I'm walking back towards my car. And he's like, did you watch that episode last night? And I was like, yeah, man, I, totally. Da, 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 da. And he starts going, and he's like, well, <laughs> I think Littlefinger's about to die because Bran, blah, 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 blah. And, like, in the middle of this, as I get close to my car, it switches to my Bluetooth and I don't. I thought it just disconnected, and then I, as I'm good and get closer to my car, I'm like I can hear it, so I switch it back to my phone, <laughs> and he's still going. Like the dude is like a da 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 brand and Littlefinger and Sansa. But but check out this picture I found of Sam on this random Wikipedia site. That's awful. He if he's not completed Rubik's cube. If he's not stoned. Um, he definitely he's, should be because he looks incredibly his fucking hoodie stoned. Is stoned. Like <laughs> his hoodie is definitely stoned. This has got to be. I, I guess I need to put this in the uh, show notes so I don't. Because uh, I know I know our I know our I know our listeners. They mm-hmm, they want to mm-hmm. see it. He's looking like a fucking. He's looking like baked bread right now. He the dude definitely looks baked. I like it when people use the phrase "baked" to mean they need to get stoned. That yeah. cracks me up. I try to find the funniest verbs possible for mm-hmm. for that. I try to switch it up a lot too. My Dylan's really good with like coming up with like just great ways to talk about getting baked. 
<laughs> I, th- I think that's where I remembered it because I think he said I'm going to get monumentally baked and watch the new Twin Peaks as, yeah. as God intended. I think that's yeah. why I have that on the brain. <laughs> that picture, by the way, is uh, Jared underscore with underscore toy dot JPG, and it was taken. At- <laughs> toy, <laughs> toy, and was it was taken at the Teen Choice Awards in 2007. Oh. So trying to oh. trying to get that dated. Oh man. You have to get stamps.com or whatever <laughs> yeah all of a sudden we're a uh what is the thing that uh was always the advertisement beginning of cereal um monkey something whatever yeah, what was it uh, <laughs> fuck um that little idiot stupid kid says it wrong yeah and i can't remember even how she says it wrong right now what the hell uh mailchimp something chimp mailchimp <laughs> yeah monkey something jesus christ Um, I guess we should probably start a podcast, by the way. Yeah, sure. Why not? We're all, we're all loose, loosened up right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read these fucking Supernatural books. Whether you read them or not, we're doing episodes on them. I have literally already read the first chapter of the one that's based in New York. I've already, I'm already ahead of you. <laughs> I only got... So I, I got the first four, because they're $4 each. They all shipped separately, so I'm like, thanks, Amazon. I'm just killing the earth currently. <laughs> so I got one of them that takes place in Key West, Florida. Ooh. Wow. And just to read it, like, Sam and Dean head down to Key West, home of Hemingway, tornadoes, or some shit like that, or hurricanes. It was Hemingway, hurricanes, and whatever else. And I was like, <laughs> I say no more. This is awful. I'm in. Into it. Absolutely into it. Um, I was speaking... Did you know that the Dark Tower movie comes out this weekend, dog? It's this fucking weekend! <laughs> what? Are, we were, uh, we had lunch today, uh, and... There was just like a like a trailer on for it, and and Chris, I'm I'm a bit concerned about this movie. Mm-hmm. It looks it very doesn't much look not good. Like Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> like at one point, Roland and the Man in Black are like fighting each other and like fly out of a window, and I'm like, yeah. so, what did you? What book did you read where you thought that Roland and the Man in Black were like punching one another? Like it's my a hope in superhero story. My hope is just that it's. They're showing us all that type of shit for the trailer to get the other people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that when, when we get to it, it'll be a Stephen King movie. Um, but, fuck, I don't... I mean, I'm gonna see it, and I, I like that casting, but I don't want this fucking, he's here to save our world, Jake bullshit. Yeah. You know? What is that? Again, like there was a makes- moment where, um, and again, I'm, I'm sitting in a restaurant, right, so it's not like mm-hmm. I can hear anything, and, um... I, I, like it's it's playing and like there's a moment where Roland is on like a he's in like one of he's in our world in like a hospital and Jake is like standing beside him but he's like on the bed and like and there's like a group of people looking at him yeah. and like he and Idris Elba Roland says something and like they all and like the camera pans back to them to like catch their reaction and I'm like is Roland fucking cracking jokes up in the hospital no, in this not, in, not in my cool. world they I think I feel like they make like Stephen King goes out of his way to talk about Roland being totally humorless. <laughs> like, I swear to God, if that dude cracks a joke, I'm going to be lit up. Remember in uh, The Seventh Dark Tower, Once-His-Face is making Roland laugh, and that's how Susanna knows, yo, this shit's fucked up. Roland doesn't laugh, and then she blasts him. Oh, yeah. Man, it's been so long since I've read that book. I was, mm-hmm. uh, did I show you, like, the series of texts that I got from Patty as he was finishing The Dark Tower? <laughs> yeah, pretty, I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty hysterical. <laughs> It's mm. funny. I used to name because again, being a child reading those books, um, every like RPG character I made forever was just named Roland. So Stephen named all of his 
Stephen, Steve, same person. Um, mm-hmm. Of DeShane, is that why his... Is, I've seen him... Isn't he Steve of DeShane somewhere or something? No, he's Steve of Kanehurst on Twitter. But he no, uh, he used to always make his characters uh, Mordred. Because he likes Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we were 13, so we were like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, 13-year-old boys are so stupid. We're so stupid. <laughs> well, I... We were so stupid. God damn it. I just associated myself with being 13. I need help. Uh, we were all, thir- we're all 13 at heart, Chris. We're all, th- we're all doing podcasts about TV shows, so. Supernatural. And then It's a Terrible Life, which is where they um, have the alternate life. Someone confirmed on Twitter, by the way, and I forget who. I think it might have been um, Zichokabo, but uh, that Zachariah does say, like, it's a, it was a real office. It was a real Oh, everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real um, hunt. It just was, uh, yeah. or maybe maybe it was Sneasel because I, I think I responded to him like I just really want to see like the group of low tier angels that are, <laughs> um, like signing leases and like bu- like renting a Prius for Dean to drive for a few days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like someone had to go buy those clothes. Like you can't just snap your fingers and get a bunch of clothes, even even though you're an angel. Me. Mm-hmm. 